Broadcasting to you live from the Badlands of Texas, you're listening to Fruit Loops with Jerry Adams. Just kidding, the name is Midnight Radio, but it might as well be Fruit Loops. Thank you for joining me tonight. Holy guacamole. I've got so many stories tonight, and we are going to get through them too. We are. But first, we need to get down to business here. Here's business. I'd like to thank our executive producers. I'm going to talk about how you can become executive producer or producer midway through the show. I also have a trailer for a documentary coming out I want to share with you. But first, our executive producers are Lady Lisa and I Got to Know. Thank you very much. They're the producers for the show today. I'd also like to thank Electra for that wonderful set she did right before the show to warm everybody up. She warmed me up right there on the Midnight Radio pre-show. That was her first time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. She did a great job. There's also a few other things I want to direct your attention to before we begin tonight. And that is, I want to give away a hat tonight. And the way I'm going to do it is this. You choose a number between 1 and 200. 1 and 200. And you go to our community page. The community post that has Electra, DJ Electra on it. That is the one you're going to put, I want the hat and the number you chose between 1 and 200. At the end of the night, I'm going to choose one of you based on a random number generator between 1 and 200. It'll pick your number, and I will uh, pick whoever got closest to the number or got to the number. So there you go on that. That is how we're going to play. All right, so those of you that are tuning in, You also, if you're just tuning in right now, I put a poll up, and I tell you what, I'm going to leave that poll up all week. And the poll, let me show you. Let me just bring up that poll to show you, too. While we're talking about it, hey, this is a video show. I can do that. Technology is amazing. Sometimes. Let me go full screen. Do you think Brian Kohlberger should be sentenced to death if convicted of murder, he's innocent until proven guilty. But if he should be convicted of murder by a jury of his peers, murder times four, do you think he should get the death penalty? And in Idaho, it is lethal injection. So far, we have 51 votes. 8% say no. 80% say yes. And 12% say life. I want to talk about this. And uh, I'm not trying to preach to you what you should believe, and I'm not trying to preach to you what I believe, because my mind's not set in stone. I'm, I'm almost neutral like Switzerland in, in this, and I don't feel like I should be, because I have several things leading me to one way. I'm counting on you, Fruit Loops, to help guide me in, because, damn it, somebody's right. I know it's not me. That's why I'm here. Welcome. So... I really want to know what the views are on this. And I've got a lot of new Idaho 4 things, so don't, don't you worry about that. I'm not just bringing up old stuff. Jury of peers. So that means the legal system found him guilty. Put to death. In Idaho, they still use lethal injection. So some people could argue that, I mean, if you look up fell death, 
by lethal injection. There's videos you can watch. And that has happened several times recently, so you might feel right now that if he's on lethal injection as a means of death in Idaho, that's not, or unlifing in Idaho, that's not the way to go. And I can understand that. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure that won't be changed before he ever seized to his unlifing day if they deem him to be put to death. And this is assuming that he doesn't get a plea deal, a plea bargain. You'd think if he got a plea bargain and accepted one, he would have, we would have already heard about it. But since we don't hear anything in this case, who knows? And there's some people that believe, you know, a life for a life and he killed. Why is it, why would it be wrong therefore to kill him? Uh, he has only one life, and he took the life of four. Again, he took the life of four. This is saying that the jury found him guilty. So we're, we're beyond that in this argument. Some people would say, but taking the life of one person was wrong, and that's why he's being sentenced. Taking the life of one person has greater effects than the person whose life you're taking. And we're going to talk about his sister and his mother in today's show as I'm sure that his sister is no doubt talking about us and other things she sees on YouTube. More about that coming up. But then there's people that, and and you know, that wouldn't be wrong. His family didn't murder. And does Brian really care? I mean, we saw writings from him that says that he doesn't feel emotions. He has visual snow and uh, feelings that are snow. Perhaps he would rather ride old lightning or whatever it is they inject into his veins. Perhaps if he could choose life being of little consequence, he'd either choose freedom or death, but we don't know that. But these are all arguments, right? Some people can make the argument. Uh, This is an argument that could be made. Why is it okay for the military members to go over to other countries under the guise of protecting our freedoms, and they die every day? And that's okay. There's not mass protests or people even standing up and calling a damn radio DJ and saying that's wrong, not to any great degree. And they sure to God... They sure to God don't have subreddits talking about how wonderful they are. But if a member of the military dies, well, they knew that when they signed the paperwork, right? But then again, Brian Colberger, did he not know when he killed four people? Again, he killed these people because... A jury of his peers said he did. Did he not know when he signed up to take four lives that one would be of little consequence after that, that his own might be taken? Is he just playing a game now with the legal system saying, yes, in his mind, he knows damn well that he killed him, but I'm still going to get mines. Did he not know when he signed up for that, that his life could be taken? Well, then, therefore, does that not make it okay? Again, I'm a, some people have visual snow, and I have something in me that keeps me neutral. 
But I'm not here because of my own neutrality. I'm here because of your opinions. That's what this show is about. It's about wild-ass speculations, wild-ass theories. And by God, you're going to hear them tonight. And I'm here to hear yours. I want to know what you feel about this. I want you to call in and talk to me about this after I open up the phone lines, after I talk about the things I want to talk to you about here on the Idaho 4 part of our show. And we're going to run this son of a bitch into the ground tonight. I have a lot of stories I want to talk to you about, and I'm still going to open those phone lines and talk to you. And I tell you what, I'm going to give up one, one hat there in the chat room for whoever goes into the, uh, again, this is the hat contest, the same hat contest. If you went into the community page, put, I want the hat, put a number between one and 200. We're going to pick somebody. And we're going to give them a hat based on a random number generator. I'm going to give away a second hat tonight for, to a caller. I don't know who you are, but just a caller. One of you. I expect to have several. And I want to know your opinion on this death penalty. It's not an argument. Nobody's going to treat you bad. Matter of fact, I'll protect you for your opinion. Because I really, really want to know. And all the other things we're going to go over tonight, feel free to call in about that. When you call in, I'll ask you for a number, and we'll put you in a drawing for a second hat. So if you want to increase your chances to winning a hat, call me tonight. You're doing me a great service because I want to know your opinion on this. Okay, I'm going to continue here. Let's go on to all these things we got to go on tonight. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and start getting that phone line ready because I'm going to hit it real soon. How many of you have taken a sufficient amount of time to uh, think about the death penalty? Usually given out to a killer who doesn't take a plea deal. Bundy comes to mind. But there are others. So many others. And everybody dies. All right. Got the phone lines prepared, ready to ready to blast them open. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to talk about murder. About thinking about murder. Thinking about the death penalty. The story's gone around, and it was the genesis of the thought behind today's show, but it is not what I'm talking about. But here it is. This is from the New York Post. Idaho suspect Brian Kohlberger's sister wrote a poem about Yvolde massacre. And also what his mother wrote. Let me, let me read this a little bit of this. They have definitely thought about it before. No doubt they've talked about it around the dinner table. Maybe this was the hot topic in the old Kohlberger household. Seems like it was. Not that that has any bearing on this case, but the death penalty, now that does. The mother of Brian, nothing burger, the 28-year-old, let me go ahead and preempt this by slapping the old glasses on. The mother of Brian Kohlberger, the 28-year-old man arrested in connection with the University of Idaho quadruple homicide, 
She sent a letter to her local Presbyterian paper last summer that included a poem about the Evalde School Massacre. You guys know that that's a story that I covered here on Midnight Radio as it is my beat here in Texas. So there you go. I even did a fundraiser for it. She sent a letter to the local Pennsylvania paper last summer that included a poem about the Evalde School Massacre. The poem is written by Colberger's sister, Melissa, a mental health therapist in New Jersey. The suspect's mother, Mary Ann Colberger, 62, of Albright, Pennsylvania, wrote a letter to the Pocono Record that was published on June 2nd, less than two weeks after the Evalde School shooting at an elementary school that left 17 students and two teachers dead. As I sat this morning reeling from yet another school shooting, I found myself wrestling with which actions need to be taken to stop all the madness. What is the answer? Gun control measures? Mental health intervention? Then received a message from my daughter who works as a mental health therapist in New Jersey. She shared a poem she'd written while in the greatest depths of despair. It shook me to my core. And I felt the need to share it. This is a poem by 31-year-old Melissa. It reads, Bereft of their laughter, there is now not a sound as we lower our children into the ground. Small hands and feet buried six feet deep in the earth of the wood, in the earth of the world that felled them. No doubt some of these words in this poem reminds me of the four that were murdered in Idaho. Have you guys heard that? There'll be links in the show notes to this. I have more for you. But first, we'll talk about that after this clip from your girl, Manfield. And we're so early in this case. So yeah, more I need someone to help too. me um, navigate. And Sarah Azari is great at this. She's a criminal defense attorney. She knows a thing or two about these kinds of cases. I know that early in a case, Sarah, um, we usually don't have this much, right? This is a lot. And honestly, this just came from a probable cause affidavit and a couple of other police reports. I tend to think that there's going to be so much more. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Ashley, good to be with you. You know, there probably is already so much more and they just, you know, they don't have to put all of that in the probable cause affidavit. I, I remember when I read the 19 page affidavit, I thought this is actually a lot more than I'm used to seeing. Usually I get, you know, anywhere from three to four pages. There's not as many dots to connect. Obviously here, there, there was two months of, you know, from the pings to the car to the, uh, there was just way too many dots. So obviously there's a more lengthy affidavit, more information in it. But still, my first impression was there's definitely probable cause on probable cause on probable cause here. Is it proof beyond a reasonable doubt? Absolutely not. Um, and that sort of brings me to the one of the points you made about the discovery. One of the things that I've thought, Ashley, is that, you know, everyone's uh, waiting for this June preliminary hearing to come around, which is obviously our opportunity to poke holes at the prosecution's case. It's our opportunity to find out what their theory is, who their witnesses are. But that may not actually happen because this case may very well go to grand jury indictment. 
prosecutors always, not always, but often surprise us. Um, they don't want us to know everything about the case and their witnesses and how they perform, what they say. So what they'll do is, you know, they'll submit the case to grand jury and we might get a surprise indictment very close to that June date or sometime even before. But at some point, he's going to have to walk into a courtroom and enter a plea, right? Like they're, they're, And I don't know. It's really weird. Every jurisdiction is a little bit different. I'm just thinking about what somebody said in the chat room. Before they run Ashley out of town, she needs to get a Banfield hot sauce up and running. Oh, my goodness, guys. Maybe we could do that, have her face on a bottle of hot sauce. Hmm. Sometimes yeah. you actually get information during those hearings. Sometimes you're just waiting for a plea, and it's you know, you know sort of pro forma, and out they go. But we could hear something more. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about my jurisdiction or New York, for example. I'm in L.A. Um, we get a lot of discovery up front, even before the preliminary hearing. It gives us a chance to prepare for that hearing, do an effective job at cross-examining the prosecution's evidence and witnesses. And then but through the cross-examination, we can extract more information. Of course, there's no jury around. It's just the judge and the, the attorneys. But it's a very, very critical part of a case. And it's really thereafter where you can decide whether the case, what the case is worth. What is it going to look like at trial? You've done the investigation. You have their discovery. You've done the probable cause hearing, the preliminary hearing. And then you can sort of... Guys, I'm going to have to stop this clip because I don't know what the hell I'm listening to. All I'm hearing is... Seriously. I'm just hearing audio snow, and I'm not even lying. Hey, let's talk about love. The love for Brian... So this story came out. This is what I was alluding to on my last live. I don't know how many of you guys saw that. And did I not say that the artwork on that thumbnail did not come from me? It came from this group I'm talking about right here. Now, this article came out. Now, like any subreddit group, it's got a bunch of Fruit Loop and Jokers in there. And there's half people that think it's funny, and there's half people that don't. I put two pro Brian Colberger forums and they both were kind of seeing it on the funny side this is the one i'm gonna show you today is more of the real deal these are people that are really into the guy ladies that are attracted to him and men that want to be him i don't know but that is what it looks like and that's where i got the artwork and this is where banfield reported on again she reported one of the jokers and thinks it wasn't true again here it is. Brian Kohlberger admires express affection for murder suspect online and even send him Valentine's Day gifts. Thank you for making a deposit with Telemate. $50 in his commissary account for Valentine's Day. The name of it is, it is Brian Nation. Now, this was reported on uh, Inside Edition. I saw it on another website, too, and I saw it on Banfield. This is what it's saying, and then we're going to go to a Brian Nation and see what is actually going on. Or I should have Brian Nation up here somewhere. So let me read this to you right quick while I bring up the actual Brian Nation website. Where did it go? Okay. Let 
Inside Edition, you better have a video for me. What, what's going on here? All right, here we go. A small group of men and women with romantic interest in murder suspect Brian Kohlberger have formed groups on social media platforms and even started their own subreddit. Subreddit is called Brian Nation. And it's where one admirer posted a receipt she claimed showing that she had placed $50 in Kohlberger's commissary account as a, as a Valentine's Day gift. Which it's absolutely bogus, bogus, bogus. And reported by Banfield. See, these stories are being reported by me not because of the face of them, but because I find people, I, I go verify the crap and I, I see it's on mainstream and I find the damn stuff is not true. <sighs> I would hate to think that Susan was actually correct. Groups of men and women forming romantic interests in alleged and convicted murder is nothing new, but social media sites like Reddit have made it easier for them to congregate in recent years. Recent posts on Brian Nation include, was it about Brian that got your liking? Are we sick for liking Brian? And do you guys think Brian knows about us? There's also a poll that asks each member if they are hybristophiliac. That sounds so dirty. Sounds like someone that has sex with uh, baristas or something. Dead baristas. Cole Berger is charged with four counts of first-degree murder in the deaths. Yeah, we know that. All right, so let me go ahead. Huh. Huh. Go away, Banfield. You're banned. Banfield is banned. This is the one I read. Huh. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines now. But first, I'm going to pull that up. You guys want to see Brian Nation, don't you? I'm sure you do. Oh, Lordy. What is it about Brian that got your liking? Th uh, 37 comments. Guys, this is nowhere near setting the damn world on fire. Okay? I mean, it's sick. Some of it is sick. Some of the people on here are serious. More than I've seen any other place. What's it that got... Was it about Brian that got your liking or curiosity? Was it mostly because of his looks or something that you see or you believe him to be like? What do you believe him to be like? Describe as vaguely or as specifically misspelled as you'd like. Get even into the smallest details if you want. Oh, I would be really interested to hear or know about individual personal experience. What about? Would you consider yourself a hybristophiliac? You like the oat milk? If you do, do you see a problem with that? How much do you understand it? What makes you may what makes or made you attracted to criminals or possible problems you worry in my bringer cause? Now, if you go to the people, some of these people are, are serious. Some some of these people are serious. Playing devils and people are saying, you know positive things up above this person said playing devil's advocate here but if you hadn't been accused of murder you or me would never have known he existed he's very tall he's very handsome he has a high prey drive lol and seems to be rather eccentric and neurotic i find all this to be extremely attractive yes the passion of the crime and if he did it 
This is from six days ago. And if he did it, the fact that he did it so fast, ultra-masculine with a baby face, are also major turn-ons. Personally, I love his mastermind and psychopathic tendencies and the fact that he is really healthy. It's all about self-perseverance. I bet he would be pretty kinky sexually. <laughs> Basically, it's a full package for me. Known and unknown, Ghost Girl 95. She sounds serious to me. She sounds serious, ladies and gentlemen. Someone said, could you explain what the hell a high prey drive is? I would say I apply in the curiosity one. So you can uh, read these for yourselves and you can go down a hole for the next uh, 30 minutes at least or two hours. Not that I did. That's not why I was late for the show. I wasn't reading this. No matter what you heard me say. You guys, you guys should check that out. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines now, and I'm going to start going through my other stories. One of the things in Brian Nation here is that there's a lot of Ashley in here. I can't play the stupid music, or it'll probably strike me, but... I just wrote that one. Just as good. 370 members as of 22 hours ago. This one is really disturbing. Actually, I'll play this. Um, so this is, uh, it says me calling. Oh, so Brian has a tablet, right? And it was misreported by News Nation. What the tablet is, it is so he has a computer there where he at, he's at in jail. And where he's actually away from other inmates, okay? I will say that he's not in general population. So he has access to his attorneys and he has access to his family. And that's why I'm thinking, I'm pretty confident that his sister is looking at everything anybody says on social media, keeping him up to date. She can talk about it to him. And also the attorney especially. But this is bothering me. It says, me calling Bryce Tablet so I can entertain him in the jail cell. So I, I played it because, you know, I just did. I don't need to say why. But look who it is. It's uh, Britney Spears. Oh, come on, Britney. It's Britney Spears, y'all. And... This is sad. This is the saddest thing I've ever... Not that I don't think it's going to Brian. Um, don't tell Ashley that because I told her that that's exactly what was going to happen and she's going to report it tonight. But I... This is Britney Spears dancing and this is the saddest damn thing I've ever seen. This is a pop queen right here. Oh, my. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right, but uh, the person... Yeah, they're making fun of Inside Edition. This is from two days ago. Misreporting that because it was someone's jokey joke. <laughs> I am dying. This is beautiful. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I think we deserve a cut of money earned from this article. Laughing my ass off. If they're going to report on us like this. I just study this forum because it fascinates me in a good way. I was engaged to someone who almost killed me and looks a lot like Brian. 
So much so that I had PSD-related breakdown that almost hospitalized me the day released Brian's photo to the public. So I lurk on this forum so that I can better understand myself as I go to therapy twice a week for PSD. Please don't go to this forum anymore, lady. Admin slash creator needs to make this a private group. Laughing my ass off. Laughing my ass off. Must be, who's this LMAO? Who, who is laughing my ass off? I've heard about him a lot, but I've never seen him. Must be a slow news day two days ago. Ashley reported on this. Okay. So there is that. And you go down here, and where they originally have the post. Oh, this is real, by the way. My true crime shelf. I can't wait for books to be written about him so I can add them. Cue creepy music. This is really somebody's shelf. Thoughts. This is like an altar to him. Uh, absolutely not trying to be mean, but this is the funniest thing I've seen in a while. You have to see the humor in this. See the free time. I thought that was some kind of pink, kinky paddle and was like, okay, girl, LOL, Daddy Brian. So check this out, guys. The most disturbing thing to me is uh, the post for somebody sending him stuff for his birthday, and it was verified to be not true, and it's being reported in the mainstream like it's new. I've saw it reported on YouTube like it's new, and uh, these hearts wouldn't have been on it, and these hearts are, you know, obscuring some information, and uh Yeah. So how do you know it's true? All right, how do you know it's not true, Jerry? Okay. Somebody put checking, check the Latah County website, and it says you can send money to inmates through gettingout.com. You go to gettingout.com, and you cannot do that for Brian Colberger. It is not real. Okay. That's all it took. And we verified a story in five minutes. That's how you do it. Oh, I've got more for you. Um, I got something. Man, it's disturbing as hell to me. And, uh, yeah, here it is. This is disturbing to me. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bring it on here. This is from Dr. Thrifty. I guess that's his name. Is that right? Dr. Thrifty. He's at 7.26 subscribers two, th two days ago. Um, I think I alluded to this before, but I didn't talk about it because it's, you know, this link I think popped up like a minute before my show started. And you know how I'm always on time. And this is also something I want your opinion on. So I'm going to open up the phone lines right after I talk about this. I'm not going to play the whole thing. What I am going to play, I'll go ahead and double speed it. If it's a dude, dude usually talks slower, right? But this damn thing bothers the sh shiitake mushrooms out of me. And I want to know what you think about it. Um, Anon Harish. Har harsh. Anon Harsh. Wow, this guy. Let, let him talk about it. Before you start today, everything you see in this video is all allegedly pure speculation. Going off a gut feeling, a hunch, and don't run with what I say. All right. So everything he says is pure speculation, entertainment. Don't run with it. And there's a reason for that. Uh, before we get started today, guys. 
I want to mention that we prepare you for what's going to be a salty video. Um, it's time for the tough questions to be asked. It's time for some tough love. He's going to get mad. He's going to raise his voice. By God, he's going to make some points. I just ask that you keep in mind that these four beautiful souls, they don't have a voice right now. But it's okay because the lives of these poor innocent children have been taken. They can't speak right now. And that's why I do this for. He don't do it for himself. Oh, hell no, because he'd be watching football. I mean, maybe college. I think the Super Bowl is over now, but it's not for him. Nah. Let's start with the comparison that I've been getting a lot of questions about, you guys. Um, Enon Harsh on the right. Enon Harsh on the left, working out his apartment. And we're going to be comparing him to a food truck patron who was in the area of the food truck the night that the students were murdered. Okay, we've already done that, and that damn sure looked like Enon Harsh to me. I don't like this photo here. I'm going to pull it to the side. We'll stay focused on these two right here. I mean, look at the glasses. You guys pay close attention to the chin, the cheekbone, where the glasses are laying on the face. And again, I've been getting a lot of questions and comments about this. And let's compare. As you can see, Mr. Harsh doesn't have very much facial hair on the left side. And where the glasses are laying at you. So he's going to compare all these photos. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You're free to check those out. I mean, it. I mean, deep breath, deep breath. I'll... Have photos like the AI generated person of interest, for example. It looks a lot like Anon, man. It looks a lot like Anon. It looked like Kohlberger, his features, maybe if he had more facial hair, it resembled him a bit. Man, I had people say it doesn't look nothing like him. And I had people say it looks a lot like him. So you wouldn't believe the role your mind plays in identifying these things. Your mind is telling you what looks similar or not. So even though to me, on that right picture right there with a non with the hoodie on, ordering a, uh, whatever he's ordering there, some Italian food delight, that he said he wasn't there and didn't order. And it, damn it, it might be him. Or it might not be him. The police have ruled the dude out. But this is all that speculation, so let's continue. You guys, and then that cheekbone. All about the cheeks. All right, so let's go to where he really starts getting PO'd. A co-worker for a little while after work, and then um, I went home, uh, you know, around, I don't know, like one thirty two ish a.m., uh, so maybe when I got home. Maybe when I got home. Maybe when I got home. Look, this, this guy starts getting pissed and yelling about it. Why? Oh, because there's four wonderful people whose lives were taken away. Is that Why? I don't know. And you can go back to your work and see the exact time that you clocked out. Pair that with however long you estimate that you hung out with a friend and driving time, and you should be able to pinpoint just about the exact time you got home. All right. Oh, he's, a yeah. ha, ha, oh. he's a liar. Son of a gun. He's not being interrogated by the police. He's talking to some online YouTube jacker smacker. All right. We're watching theatrics by this man on YouTube, I think. Although I'm not saying is while that speculation isn't valid. It is very wild. And that's his character, you guys. And when you're looking at the things in this case, and you look at his background, things oh, that prove dude. that he's a liar. Okay. Lying dirty. Here, I'm going to be showing you. But. According to his criminal report, he has obstructing an officer. He's convicted of obstructing an officer. That's another one of his crimes. Besides the five drug charges that he has, which one was dropped. So he has five. has had five total on his record, which one was expunged. Okay, I want you guys to listen to all this. And there's one thing he says that goes way too damn far. And I'll point out what that is. 
you know what? We need a angry. This is an AWOS. No. What the hell? We had AWOSs one time. What were those? Like emergency alert? I don't know. This is an AWOS. This is an angry wild ass. One man, a felony that he served one year in jail for with intent to distribute. He has an instructing officer on his record, giving the officer false information. And he's a liar. All just clues. All right. I'm sorry. I need to bring up a poll right now. All right. So let's take this break to look at our poll. Who thinks Susan A. should leave a message and tell her Dunkin' Donuts horror story? 52% said yes. 48 said no. Those 48 probably think she should call in live. I'm telling you, it's a good story. I wouldn't have said anything. Here's what I want to know, guys. Here's a poll. Do you think... Do you think Anon... was involved simple as that well almost simple i use three different do you think uh not ha 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 hue there you go throw it to you let me know what you think let's continue this video he's a liar convicted of, of drugs let's go to my question sheet you guys damn it's it let's too many coincidences okay. coincidences we're talking about a man who's 30 years old, living around college. 30 years old! Students. Sorry, I got away. Drugs I with intent to distribute. He lives right next door to these victims. That's oh. Drugs with intent to distribute when he was younger. Now he's there with them where he wasn't when he was originally arrested for that. Uh, drugs with intent to distribute is over a certain amount that you carry. 500 Queen Road. He can watch from his window. He can see all... He can watch from his window. He could make bombs in his effing bathroom. What the hell are you talking about? Activity in front of the home. He leased this apartment from He August leased it. Of 2022. According to the documents that I've seen until just after the new year. He moved out. Not long after BK was arrested. Not long after. He lived right here. You think it has something to do with people messing with him? Maybe he wanted more room to juggle his stick. We don't know can see the whole front of this house. And here's my hunch. Here's my hunch. Here's my, here's my thinking. Okay, I don't know what he's going to say. He talks about how he pays attention to all the surroundings and he describes cars that night when he pulled in. Kaylee's brand new Range Rover is parked here. I bet you he saw it. When he came home from work that night, Kaylee's new car was already parked here. And he's somebody who, who admits to being able to, you know, recognize things around him. He knew it was quiet. He didn't recognize that new car sitting there. I call bullshit. He's watching out his window. He can see everything. The next morning when the cops and, and law enforcement emergency services show up, Hunter shows up, Ethan's brother. He's already said he's been up drinking coffee before police and law enforcement arrive. He didn't know any of that commotion was going on. He didn't hear about it until at first when the cops knocked on his door. He's full of it. All right, he leases apartment. Who leases an apartment for four months, you guys? Who leases an apartment for four months? A lot of people. I bet there's a whole lot. Have you ever been living in an apartment? I had people moving in, moving out the whole time. Remember the first time I moved in my last apartment? Before my wife and I got together and she moved in with me. I remember that I moved in and there was this guy standing there. I'm like, hello, what is, what's your name? My name's Jerry. He said, ha, ha, my name's Harry. I'm like, Jerry and Harry. And this other guy walked up. I go, hi, I'm Jerry. This is Harry. What's your name? He said, my name is Tom. Both of them were gone in uh, four months. 
Okay, four months. He states in the red post right here, and I have it highlighted. I found myself with a lot of time and a lot of money. I probably spent about 600 a week on shooting up coke back then, a lot of energy and passion. I financed a new hybrid and got my own apartment over 100 applications to get one. So if it's so tough for him to get an apartment, why would he move out of an apartment that's so hard to get after just four months? Because he didn't want to live in that neighborhood of weirdos anymore. People knocking on his door because, I don't know, people like you showed, he lived right there and he could see out that window. Come on, dude. All right, if he's having trouble getting into an apartment, look. why are you, why are you only holding an apartment for four months look. before you move, knowing that it's going to be a pain in the rear for you to get another place? He had two apartments at one time. He thought Betty was going to get him. Bullhorn Betty. Let's he's, start tying some things together. These coincidences are just too much. He has criminal history and drugs with intent. Heroin ex- Guys, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not joking, but I'm just pointing things out right now. I don't, I'm not saying anything against this guy, right? Because I know what's going on. This is a show he's putting on for the viewers. I'll be damned if he's not. But, and I don't have a problem with that. But he's about to depart from reality with this one thing he's about to say, in my opinion. And I'm a WAS fan, all right? I'm a wild, angry-ass, wild-ass speculation. He's getting me worked up. I don't know which direction to be angry at. Ecstasy obstructing an officer. Matter of fact, uh, I think Cin- Cindy Herring is in the, uh, she's the queen of WAS. All that speculations, in my opinion. We're going to try to get her on this week. Cindy, let me know what day you have available. I have, uh, let me see. Here's what day I have available. Uh, I don't have 21, 22, 23. Pick a day. Let me know which one, and we'll do a deep dive on your latest WAS. He has driving with a suspended license, third degree. This is another clue. He needs a ride. He needed people to take him around. Wouldn't that account for the passes by? To coming in and out of the area of the home, and BK needed to take him somewhere because there's a possibility law enforcement is on to Mr. Harsh's car. Now, if they see, are you kidding me, dude? Would they not see him dropping him off the other apartment? Oh, plus they had, I don't know. They're gonna pull him over. He has driving while suspended, third degree. This is all right. right so he doesn't, he doesn't learn from his mistakes. No, he doesn't. Number three, the same drugs that Harsh has been tied to his whole life since he was arrested when he's 18. Those are the same drugs that BK used. What the hell are you talking about? We, we never heard anything about BK on cocaine. What are you talking about? All right. Cindy's asks me, which is best for you? Let me know. I'll tell you what. Today's the 19th. I cannot do it tomorrow or I would. And the next day is the 21st. Uh, let's do it on the 21st. Let's do it then. Let's do it then as soon as we can. Grant is like, no, we can't. I'd love to do it now, but I can't because I don't have all of our emails ready. You're going to tell me that's a coincidence? He had an apartment harsh less than five minutes from Coburger. On the lease, on the reports, it shows he leased this apartment five minutes from Brian, 319 to 12-3-2022. All right, so apparently he had an apartment close to Brian's. Less than a month after the students were murdered, he's off the lease at this apartment. This apartment, right here. This is where Brian lived. This is where Harsh's apartment is, was. Which is a long way away, but five minutes? They told me they don't know each other. Whoa! This is departure from reality. They do drugs that you say they, they were the same, which are not. 
Matter of fact, Brian hasn't been reported to be on drugs since he left high school at all. So that's, that information is pulled out of a wild-ass speculation. Second, how many people live near Brian? If somebody's murdered, if there's a murder that lives five minutes away from me, what the hell's a hell? I don't know anybody where I live hardly. How does that connect us? I'm leaving it there, guys. I'm leaving it there. Wild ass speculation. You know, to be so intent and angry. There's here's the here's the part that bothers me. We do go over wild ass speculations here, and I've done something similar, but I wasn't angry. He did but that lion jack. I've never been like that because you're gonna look like a jackass. When you live your whole damn life and Anon never comes up in any kind of legal proceeding, because it's all a steaming pile of crap. And what did you do? You did it for some views? In the end, does it matter? No. Is this the kind of stuff people want to watch? Yes, I guess so. That's what the algorithm says. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? And if you're going to give me your opinion, I appreciate if you watch the video. A lot of you guys in the chat room are saying Anon is just a weirdo. I agree. That doesn't make him a murderer. And the police. There's nothing. He's not a person of suspect. He's free to go and do whatever he wants. People are free to talk about him too. And I'm not saying that this person is not. Best of luck, sir, in your future endeavors. And if this guy wants to come on my show and explain this to me in a rational way. No, he's not coming on my show. I don't like people being angry. He's got my, I feel like my circuits are like crossed. I feel like jacked up from all the rock music and this guy talking and I'm, I feel like I've had caffeine and I haven't. Let me open up that. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines here because I'm going to talk to you guys. And if Cindy wants to call in now and talk about stuff, she, uh, you know, the topics we're talking about tonight, she's more than welcome, and a lot of you guys are. So, I'm going to open up the phone lines right after I play these messages. And if you guys want to call anytime during the show, you can always do that. If you call before I open up the phone lines, you can leave a message. If you call after I open up the phone lines, you can't leave anything because I'm on the phone with somebody. All right, first, we have a message from DJ Electra. Hey, Jerry, it's Electra. Hey, now. I know you worked so hard getting my set to sound good. So damn hard. And I don't <laughs> think you're live yet on YouTube. Whoa. Yeah, I was, it, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry I distracted you. My finger was sore from uh, all that editing. It's going to be a great show. Thank you damn so hard. much. Talk to you soon. I appreciate that. All right. You know what got my life in a Brian Kohlberger? Nothing burger. The fact that he got arrested and he's in jail. That's why I like it. Thanks. Was that was that you, Susan? Yeah, I had put a message down, but I don't know if you seen it, but I was saying that my brother was on death row in Kentucky. <clears throat> has been since 2000 or 1997. It's different circumstances. This man took four lives. 
and I think he should be put down like an animal. But again, like you said, so many botched um, lethal injection and uh, electrocutions, which would be torture, but that's what he did to these kids as well. So if that happened, I don't know if I would be sad or upset about it at all, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've dealt with a brother on death row for years and years and years. And circumstances are completely different. He didn't go out and touch up four kids. I mean, I'm a mother of two two children and three grandbabies. And that's the last thing I'd want to see is anybody in my family. I've already seen witness murder. <clears throat> and that's all I'm saying. It gets re- gone as soon as the perpetrator is gone, period. So that's another thing about doing more I don't believe that she had any intention to call 911. I think she had a part in it. I think she might even stand up because her and Kaylee had a big fight. See, now here's the difference. This lady's calling in, and she's even talking about one of the sort of the victims. You know, she wasn't murdered, but people consider her one of the victims being there in the house. And she's saying that she believes that she was involved. Okay. But she's not yelling and saying, I know she was involved. This doesn't make sense. She must be a liar. You see, that other tone is hard for me to respect. I guess that better. It's hard for me to respect the logic. I'm not talking about the person. I'm thinking about the logic. And then you see the logic, and it's very flawed. And it just screams showbiz to me. Right before that, so who knows? Not this lady. I don't trust her. I don't like her, and I just don't feel right about it. Thank you. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So there's there's differences in the way you approach things. Oh, there was Cindy. Well, hey, Jet. What? Hey, Jerry. Hey, guy, Matt. Um, I was going to call in, but evidently the line's unopened. Okay, it's the wrong time. You can call in later. All right, here we go. I'm turning it on right now. If you have, actually, before I turn it on, I tease you guys so much. I didn't mean to do it, but I do it. Hey, guys, do me a favor. If you see any of these people in the chat room, I want you to personally thank our executive producers, Lady Lisa, and I've got to know, I'm telling you guys, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. I mean that so much, and I'm not trying to talk about YouTube because there is so much I appreciate and like that YouTube does. I had a conversation with uh, David in our Discord, and one of the things he said I didn't pick up on until uh, a little bit before I went live, one of the things he said is, I, d- I doubt YouTube messes with you that much. You know, when I was talking about going to two two lives a week, and I'm, I'm not ragging on them. Uh, before that, I said something a, a bit about the algorithm and how they want, you know, really crazy, wacky, you know, delusional theories and topics about things. And I don't think that that is necessarily directional to certain people, but I think that is the design of the algorithm to bring people what they want. But nevertheless, it's what it does. I'm not talking about that specifically. Here's, here's what they do to me. I'll have a video out for, you know, 48 hours, you know, three days. You know, I'll get thousands of views. And you guys are watching commercials, but that doesn't support this show. No, that's theirs, their commercials. They don't monetize it till after the three days and say, we've reviewed it, it's okay to view. 
After that, I might get like a hundred more and get like twelve cents from it. They stole all the they stole the advertisements. That's my problem. And it's like there's not a problem with my content. People like it. You're blocking it and then saying it's okay. That that's my problem. It's a way to save them money and it's just irritating. And I'm moving on. I'm not complaining. I'd like to thank again, Lady Lisa. I got to know. We have other producers. Without them, this show would also not be possible. Producer Sir Affa David, Lady Victoria, I got to know, is also a producer. And you cannot forget the amazing Lady DJ Electra. Thank you very much. If you'd like to be an executive producer, a donation of $20 or more, whether it's a cash app, whether it goes into a super sticker or a super thanks, we super thank you. We appreciate it. All the money goes to our, our music license for our online radio. All right. We're working on that right now. We're working on our LLC paperwork and our licensing. That is where every cent generated by the show goes. Believe me, that's exactly where it goes. And uh, you guys getting us closer to that. Imagine a radio station that's not dictated by what the algorithm wants. It's not dictated on what the sponsors want you guys are the sponsors what you want to listen to is what is played you get a taste of that on the pre-show stream every time we go live and i thank the djs for bringing you there that's just a taste they're getting better we're getting better and you're making us better thank you very much if you'd like to be a producer that is any amount at all um, and you're considered a producer we appreciate it very much moving right along here the phone lines are about to be open, but first I have I have a video I need to play for you. This is a trailer for a documentary I'm excited about. Somebody brought it to me like, hey, Jerry, would you talk about this? Um, no, I don't do that. And I looked at the documentary. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's my kind of documentary. I will definitely, you guys will appreciate this. So, yes, we will check this out. This is a trailer coming up. I grew up in Great Bend, Kansas. My first childhood home was 250 feet from the Dolly Madison Bakery. I've never forgotten this story, and I've always wondered why nobody has told this story on a larger scale. Hello, sir. Hi. Hi. I do apologize, but unfortunately, he's not he's not interested in, in speaking with you. But to be completely honest, I said your name, and he flat out said, no, he's not interested, and told me to tell you that he's not interested. To the west is a bank. Caddy Corner is a McDonald's. If you're going to rob someplace, I would think somewhere other than a day-old bread store where you could literally walk in at that time and buy three loaves of bread for a dollar and then not even take all the money in the register. Two decades and no arrests after two women were murdered inside the Dolly Madison Bakery in Great Bend. The general public that was there, were, of course, they were, they were concerned. So is this blood back here, that's not blood. That can't be blood. Yes, it is. It was 360 degrees from what you're seeing right there. Even if just one guy did this, his DNA would be there. There's just absolutely no question. And if the evidence was preserved properly, I think they could still get DNA, definitely. 
This is not the only person we have identified. He's one of the people that we haven't identified. You've got to find the dude. You have got to find out his name. Some people thought, well, maybe she pissed him off and he got one of his buddies and had her killed. You know, somebody got away with a homicide. It happens. And 20 years later, they've got away with it so far. Then to hang up the phone and read on Facebook that you have new evidence? They just let it sit. They just didn't do it. Why the hell are you not? Why in the hell are you not? This guy's probably walking past us every day. He could be in the store with us. Aaron Mole, that's right. Somebody said it in the Wait, chat room. Wayfair's President's Day clearances on. I don't know why he put commercials on his trailer, but that's all right. That's all right, Aaron Mole. Interesting. All right, let me open up the phone lines if I haven't already hit it. Phone lines are now open. I want to talk to you. This shows a conversation with you. What you want to talk about, that's what we talk about. That's why we're talking about all this. If you're a member, you can click that join button and see what membership is like. Hopefully, RoboMod can put up a link to membership in chat. If, if uh, Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, you can click on that link and see what it's about. Let me see where we're at on our poll. Do you think Anon Harsh made it? Yes. You think uh, Anon Harsh was Anon Harsh was involved? 70% of you said no. 47 votes. I still want to welcome you guys to our community page. I want you to enter for a hat. Choose a number between 1 and 200. You can only do that in the community post. I always leave that open. Hold on, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hey, it's Cindy. Hey, Cindy. How's it going? Ah, pretty good, pretty good. Just keeping an eye on my lasagna that I don't want to burn. Okay. Electra wanted me to call. She wanted to know did I think Enon Harsh was in on it. Um, at first, I I questioned it, and I had pulled those pictures a long time ago from him and the hooded shroud or whatever it was. But yeah, I think you're the one that gave them yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the more that comes out, I'm going to tell you, this turning into a really big CF. Because um, they start you out way back with this one and that one and all these suspects. And then all of a sudden, everybody's ruled out. And there's like 2,200 wide launchers. And <laughs> it's just taking a lot of digging. But no, I mean, I rule them out. Others may think he's involved in it. I don't. I think he's a little eccentric, and um, and quite possibly that was him at the food truck. But I don't think he had anything to do with it personally. So yeah. I answered Alexa. That's, that's <laughs> one thing I always like about you. Even if you suspected him, I don't think you would come to the point of uh, saying, "Oh, it had to be this guy, hundred percent." And you would never come to the point of yelling about what a liar he is, and it must be him. Oh, no. No. Some of these other YouTubers, good Lord, I'll jump around sometime, and I'm in there like five minutes. I'm like, no, I got to get out of here. Um, 
It made me angry uh, listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm like, I got enough stress and drama in my whole life listening to some of these people out there wanting the clicks. But um, now nah, you're you're probably my my basic go to. I I do like to uh, watch some of these body language experts and things like that. And I've been following Murdoch real close. I got so many pages of notes. One thing we've got in common with both these cases is such a small lack of DNA, well, a large lack of DNA. A lack of DNA. Um, yeah. They only have you like know, a. With- Dibbit, uh, only a divot mm-hmm. of DNA. Mm-hmm, on both of them. You know, Brian's all they found was what in, on the button of the knife sheath. And then the uh, thing here, you know, of course it makes common sense with, with the Murdoch case that uh, everybody holds their cell phone, Paul was on it all the time, but yet they couldn't take this little partial, I mean, and the gun Murdoch's holding, oh, we can't pick any prints. Okay, well, makes common sense. Somebody wiped them, did Lord. But, um, yeah, that's a, Friday was good. Friday was good. And I have sit and worked on that timeline all day yesterday. But with okay. uh, Coburger, yeah, you know, the things I sent you, and like I so said, we don't have as much time tonight, but Electra wanted me to call. Um, Give us, we'll go can you tell us some that of, I did. Yeah, go ahead. And, so you're available, you said, on the 21st? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll that'll give you time to pull up those emails because I'm, I'm really tracking into this. One thing, just give them a dangle of, a little worm there. A lot, a lot of cops and a lot of the ones Moscow and at uh, Pullman all come from Lewiston. That's an interesting fact. And that's one of the things I sent you. Yes. So we'll come, yeah, we'll get into some of that because I do have one or two more articles. I just, you know, haven't, haven't had time to send um, a few things going on here this past week. But I wanted to jump in tonight for a little bit and watch and listen. And, um, on that note, do you have a number? Pick a number between one and two hundred. Yeah, I put one in there. I put, I think I put one thirty-six. Okay, but this I'm giving a hat just to the callers that call in tonight. There's one for the contest, oh. and there's a separate one just for the callers. Oh, between what one and two hundred? One and two hundred. I'd choose a different one than in the chat. Maybe you'll win two hats. Oh, okay. Well, let me just pick ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. If no one else calls, yeah. you got yourself a hat. All right. Thank you for hey. calling. I'll talk to you on the twenty first. I do enjoy listening to Grant, and I love his accent, so I hope he will call in. I do, too. I do have some stuff uh, about Murdaugh coming up, too. So Yeah. Well, see, I I have people that know him, know the family personally. I'm just across the river mm-hmm. from Hampton. So, you know, I've got folks here that I've talked to that knew him personally. So it's interesting, you know, some of the interesting take from them as well. But, um you know, when I'm I, still going by when evidence. I was growing up, <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad had a lawyer. His name was, uh, his first name was Bill. And uh, they all, you know, he knew him, and that was his lawyer for something. And um, 
you heard things in the community. You heard some rumblings. You heard some going ons, you know. And then it turns out that this guy was stealing money and uh, he wound up committing suicide. So you do hear things in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one of them actually is uh, related to um, our apartment complex, the manager here and um had personal dealings with him with her family so it was interesting this was years ago but they they lost out some money too so that kind of ties in with all his other financial junk but then i you know i have others talk about him his little activities so but i'm i'm trying to just stick to facts like a jury would and look at it from that aspect and you know so Friday was really, I'm going to tell you this, if we didn't learn anything else, if nobody knows your business, technology does. That's That sums up Friday. It really does. Oh, <laughs> I've got, uh, talking about the Murdoch trial, I guess I'll give you guys a sneak peek right now. Again, they were looking at his phone, and I didn't mention it in the last show, but they found what he was searching for right after the murder. It was disturbing. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cindy. We'll talk to you on the 21st. Yeah. Appreciate it. That, that sounds great. Y'all have a great night. And I'm going to hop back in the chat and go check my good homemade lasagna out. All right. Don't burn it. Talk to you later. All right. Somebody called when I was on the phone with Cindy, and I'd feel really bad. I'd feel... Really bad if Cindy burned her lasagna, let me tell you. It's just kind of personal I am. I hate to see a good lasagna get ruined. So, I'll go a little bit over the Alex Murdaugh right now. I just heard something. So if you called when I was on the phone with Cindy, go ahead and call back. The Alex Murdoch trial live timeline reveals defendant's restaurant searches minutes after the murders were discovered. By who? By him? Supposedly he's the one that found the murders. This is from one of my favorite news sources, always in the UK. The UK, they know how to do it right, in my opinion. Craziness. Defense case brings... Uh, brings after prosecution rest and murder trial at the courthouse. Let's go. They're trying to show me this video, but there's no video there. Ah, phone call. Midnight radio. This is Jerry. Hey, Jerry. It's Grant, Mike from Australia. Hey, Grant. I was thinking it was you because I saw that part of your number your number was a little bit longer yeah it's uh, got four more digits man i have to call for you called you called too early before but you called just the right time now did you hear about the restaurant searches on his phone right after he found the bodies no tell me all right <laughs> yeah among the revelations in the 88-page timeline was an internet search on Murdoch's phone for restaurants minutes after he called 911 about finding his wife and son's bodies. Uh, what? 
Yeah. Over four weeks, the jury heard an extraordinary amount of detailed evidence from 61 prosecution witnesses. The final few were tasked with pulling all the strands together. Uh, new revelations, I guess this sums up what they were. This is what we went over last episode, were uh, included Murdoch's plea for money from his bank managers days before the murder. The victims, Maggie and Paul, had discovered his stash of opioids and that he called 911 only 20 seconds after allegedly discovering their bodies. 20 seconds. Honestly. That fast. He 20 seconds later. They've got him. Like, people that are saying he's innocent, like you say, the um, pros, uh, the defence are going to come back now and try and wash all that. You can't wash that. You can't wash this stuff. This stuff sticks to you. You would say no. You would, think, you would think that right now, and I'm, I agree with you completely. You would think that. But then it's like a magic show. You, you go there, and the defence puts their case in and knocks down everything. And in your mind, it will make you confused with a talented lawyer and a talented speaker. And even though it's 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 uh, looks concrete on our end from what the prosecution presented, man, they can really do a number on your mind. That's why I'm really trying to hit these major points of this case right here that we got from the prosecution. And next week, this is where the interesting part to me comes in. The defense will come in and totally rewrite your brain on this. And you would swear there's no way they could. Go ahead. You could convince me of a lot of things, but you can't convince me now that he's innocent. These timelines, no wonder they rested the case. These timelines are to the seconds. Like, there's just, I could say he turned over Alex's, uh, Paul's body, phone popped out. They found the phone on his butt. Um, he went to his wife. Why did he drive back to get a gun? All these things just make me in the box of guilty. Me too. Me too. Me too. Are you going to watch next this week coming up? Mark, I wish it wasn't a holiday there and the weekend. Oh, that's right. Um, it, is a call. it is a holiday, isn't it? President's Day? That's right. It is. What's so, that? It is President's Day. Uh, was President's Day? What? Yeah. Well, it's a generic term. It used to be a, a certain president's holiday. You know, for you know, it was on the birthday of one of the presidents. I can't remember which one it was anymore. It was Lincoln or Washington. George. It might have been George. It was on his birthday, but then they decided, well, that's too racist, so let's just make it a blank President's Day. Oh, there's so much to talk about, Jerry. Like. There, you just talked about that. They're pulling statues down here of Captain Cook. Um, I don't know if you know Captain Cook. He discovered Australia, so he did. Dutch were here way before. The um, original Aboriginals have been here for 13,000 years that we know of. Um, yeah, um, I think you have to sort of like stay on point, which is like this um, trial. It must have been so hard for these attorneys to stay focused, and I don't know what the jurors are going through. I got a question for you. I heard people say that the jurors weren't allowed to take notes. Is that true? And I heard other people say they were allowed. 
No, I can't be 100% with that. But what we are waiting for is when you said there's a Netflix thing coming up, we don't get it till next Wednesday, but if I'm any indication of an Aussie, um, we, we can't wait for, it, for that to happen. The Netflix show. Oh, so the Netflix show isn't out yet. Okay. Not in Australia. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. It, every time I pop Netflix on, it tries to advertise it to me, but then I can't find it. But it doesn't give me enough to know what's going on. I'll, I'll check it out and let you know. But um, I, I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Grant, I'm exactly where you are now. I can't see how he didn't do it. And when I go to him calling nine nine one one twenty seconds after finding their bodies, and then when I go to this next part when it talks about him looking for uh, food right after the murders, right after he called nine one one. I can't even imagine him doing that if he was guilty. I can't imagine him doing that if he found the bodies. I just can't imagine that. But I'm, I mean, it looks so guilty. I can. You know why? No, tell me, Grant. Because it happened two hours ago. <laughs> He's probably getting hungry. So you think the, the murder... murders happened two hours ago? Okay. At least an hour ago, he's getting hungry. Okay, I see it. Uh, I see what you're talking about. Because he he dialed nine one one only twenty seconds after discovering their, after he said he discovered their bodies. I see. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a right. Joke. Yeah, I see. That goes against your timeline. The timeline I read too. Yeah, Jerry, I didn't want to call in and be like on your show all the time. Otherwise, I'd have to sort of like ask for royalties. Oh, yeah. Well, you can get double what I make. How about that? Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't think people would take to someone calling in every third day. And I won't. Uh, I'll call in. It's just that... It, the show gets me going, mate, you know. It's um, especially the pre-show today. Um, Electra had me rocking here. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, her music was great. I, I was rocking while she was going while she was doing it. Um, I, she doesn't have faith in herself, but I'm telling you, she did a good job. She's not new anymore, and it's only been a couple of shows. She's a pro. Well, I think this that was actually Electra's first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was her. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, Electra's first night, but you couldn't tell it, could you? No. Hot hands doing fine, Johnny. Oh, I'm telling you, you got your hands full there, Jerry. I know, and I've got some new DJs coming down too. Any 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 day now, I've got two new DJs that are going to start, and um, our next show that we do. On the 21st is going to be Johnny, and he did a really good show. I mean, it's going to be good. I think, you think we should stick to um, exciting stuff on the on the Alex thing, or um, I, I did I send you a tape of Plunder um, talking about new revelations of the um, Idaho Four of the lawyer. Um, getting in and out of hot water 
um, with she's representing Coburger, who's playing two hundred bucks an hour or so. I don't know. That whole thing about Coburger's Facebook, whoever set it up, and they're donating him money makes me sick. I know uh, for his, but that wasn't real. We checked. I checked it, it out. Wasn't real. No, it was not real. I bet you it's happening somewhere, Jerry. These people are giving him money. I definitely think some of them would be willing to do it. There were three different place subreddits of people that were pro Colberger, and two of them were jokes, you know. But the the last one. It was mixed with people. They weren't joking, and you could tell. There were some people making fun of them, but they had some people you could tell. So, Grant, I'll tell you what. I got two big questions for you that I've been wanting to ask you. First of all, I need you to pick a number between 1 and 200. I've already picked me year 66. You did, but another I need... Another one? Yeah, another one. I'm doing a drawing just for the people that called in, so you double your chances if you call all in. Right. Between one and two hundred, is it? Yes, one and two hundred. That's easier for me to say and not get it mixed up. This is a special one to me. Um, Six. Okay, six. All right, I'll put that on there. My dog that got stolen um, was born 26-6-2016. She was stolen at the beginning of the um, disease that everyone was locked in their houses for. Silly disease, silly reason to lock us all up, but that's another story. I got another question for you, and I want your take as a man that lives down under about that. Do you think Cole Berger, if found guilty by a jury of his peers, do you think he should get the death penalty? Um... Well, funny, I talk about 66, and I always said to you, numbers are a funny thing with me. In 1966, the last person that got executed here um, escaped jail, and a guard got killed, but it wasn't him, and they hung him for it, and that turned us off it. And we don't have it here anymore, but boy, are there some crims that deserve it, pedophiles. This guy, he took four beautiful lives. I've seen these girls and Ethan on footage, and I cannot believe they're gone. This guy needs to be stabbed to death, sorry, or shot. No lethal injection. They mess that up. Go on, Jerry. No, you're fine. Oh, just, um, he gets me so angry, this Coburger. I think he can go in and just kill that those kids. I'm 57. You know, this hits you really hard when you've got a daughter. And uh, it's just bad, Jerry. Somebody had a good point when they said, and you have a good point when you said they took the life of somebody and then, they found out they weren't guilty after they took their life. It's like yeah, a, that took us um, that took us out of the realm of uh, hanging people. Or, yeah, hanging people we did down here. I think some governors, like I'm what no, I won't mention them. Some Texas governors and that um, 
used they 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 kill people, death row inmates for political gain at times. I hate that, and I'm not talking politics. Um, but no, I the death penalty has to be in effect everywhere in the world to control these. And I know they say it doesn't it doesn't thwart anyone. Kobega wasn't thinking about being killed when he did it, but he should have. He should have. I'm thinking, do, do you think he wasn't thinking about being killed as a criminologist? No. No, of course he, of course it was in, it might have been a little tiny unfertilized seed in the back of his brain, but no way did he think he was going to get caught. He thought he was going to go on to a B, uh, what was it, the BTK, Bind, Torture, Kill. He, he thought he was going to go and have a, a very flourishing career. You know, and I think you, I, I never thought about him thinking about, I don't know why I didn't think about it, him launching a serial killing career. That's, a good That's what he did. He, he loved BTK. Now, if you're, if you're idol, for me, my idol is, um, no, let's not get into that. Um, my, his idol was BTK. So what's he going to do for a career? Or we don't call it a career killing people, but he did. It's true. You think things, people would find something better to do. If he really didn't understand, he did, he had no emotions. All right. I'm calling bull on that. Well, go do something else. Why are you going to murder people? You know, when he when he accepted his um, certificate from the university, he looked disinterested. He just looked terrible, you know. I'd be cheering and looking at my dad and saying, thumbs up, look, Dad, I got my certificate. He walked through there like, why are these people taking up my time? It'd be interesting if we could get a hold of what, some of his reading, his readings were some of his books that he read. If we yeah. could get a hold of, I don't know, his Amazon collection of Kindle books or something like that, or his library cards. I'm sure Jerry, he wrote, you know, he wrote a lot down, typed a lot down. I don't know if that's going to come out in the trial, but I'm sure when he advertised that, um, you know, tell us how you do your crime and how you feel. I'm sure he he was a prolific writer, and I'm sure there's writing somewhere, Copper Rogers, all that stuff. And Ashley is really let me down. Ashley, you still love Ashley. Um, today I saw someone in the comments saying she's really pretty. I think that's what got me on. When she come on your show, no makeup, I thought, wow, what a pretty, you know, lady. But her actions speak louder than her words and her face, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I know. And I don't think people understand what you and I are going through right now. Someone that we like so much 
and we still want to, but then we have evidence of her reporting these stories that aren't true and her fighting people about it. And then I look up the story. I'm like, yeah, that's not true. Yeah. That I'm telling you, Jerry, that, um, that, that sort of set it up for me that like I I was going to, this is silly, but I was going to go on Facebook, message her and say, can you bring, um, this show that, put me on to you, Ashley. It's called Midnight Radio. Can you call in once? It'll be a real a real gag, you know, real good for me. But no, I'm not doing it. Somebody did that. She sent me a message. Did you see that episode? Yeah, she was... Oh, yeah, no we makeup. just talked about that. No makeup. So I saw a picture of her on Instagram, yeah. and uh, on the Instagram picture, it was her with no makeup again. I don't know why... They like to unpretty her and make her look more stern with her makeup. Ladies, is that a thing? I don't know. Jerry, you hit the nail on the head when you said a few shows back, it's all glitz and glamour. It's all tricks and mirrors. They can't even tell the truth. You know, they're not allowed to. They can't. She can't ring into your show. She cannot ring into your show to be in her contract. You know, we're all thinking, ah, she's going to ring in. She can't ring in. No, and really, why would she want to? <laughs> you know? Because, because, Jerry, she'd be on the best show in the world. Like, for her to give up this opportunity stinks. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. I've got some, um, I've got some crazy stories. I've got more stories to still go over than I've gone over so far, than I've gone over so far. I mean, really odd things. I've got so much to tell you that I tell myself, tell Jerry this, tell Jerry that when you ring back in a month to, you know, get people not so used to me calling in all the time, but. Like um, the headphones, I heard the fan, I heard everything, like the DJs need to get good headphones, and I'm not going to say what brand I've got, but they're good, but Sony must make good headphones for you to pick that up. Mm-hmm. I put, I, mean, I don't use my headphones, uh, but I did once you said that. Yeah, um, these earphones, these Sony uh, production headphones are really good. And there's other headphones that are good, but not for production. Like if you have Bose, for example, or Beats, or I, I use Bluetooth Geekies when I'm not in the studio, and they work great. And one of the things they do is they noise cancel, and they they um, they make it sound better, you know, more bassy, where I can hear better. But that's not what these earphones I'm wearing do. What they do is they make it to where you can sound exact, you can hear exactly what the sound actually sounds like. It doesn't make it sound prettier, and it is easy to tell the voice levels of different things. So I have I have special earphones that I could wear an earpiece where it just goes in my ear and you wouldn't see the earphones. But a good example of why I don't want that is me talking to you. When I'm talking to you with these earphones and I'm doing the sound production on the board here, I can make sure that your level is good and mine is good and we're about at the same level. But if I have just a monitor in my ear, I can't tell as well, you know. So those are for like newscasters when you have a different crew doing the production of it. But 
it was just hard to believe that this was a professional news studio and that their sound sounded so bad as compared to ours. Wasn't it? Jerry, you're going to have to get used to my inflection. Um, <laughs> and just jump in, mate. I'm sorry. When, um, uh, yeah, I lost it. Um, no, go on, mate. We were talking about earphones. Yeah, you put me on to, like, I've always watched you from the Panasonic TV. Um, you said you heard something in the earphones to the DJs. I put my headphones on, and all I could hear was this fan going. And I thought, wow. And then I heard people talking, and I thought, I'm going to email Jerry. Did you also hear at that time people talking? But what it was was they were showing a um, news item about the trial of Murdoch in the background, and I heard triple noises. I heard your voice, the fan, their voice, the Murdoch trial in the background. Headphones do wonders. They really do. But you're right, though. Watching our show on the television, man, you, you realize, hey, man, this show sounds good at least, if nothing else. Everything's good. Uh, the, vi the vision, the sound, yeah. But you get so much more with headphones, don't you? Yeah, so are you telling me now that you, you wear your headphones and you're watching us on TV at the same time now? Yeah, and, but I've got to sync up the TV to the phone or the computer in your language mm -hmm. to the phone to exactly the same second. Plus, I can do the phone call through the headphones. It's the technology... Has just gone so far. I taught Jerry, this will get you. I walked in to my parents' house the other day and I talked to them about something. And it was returning to the Scouts. You know the Scouts. Anyway, the Scouts movement, you take cans in, cash in your bottles, and they give you 10 cents a can. I only talked about it on to my mum and dad in their lounge room. I get to my place and on my phone is a message from the scout bottle department cashing your bottles. Like Alex has, did never think, Alex Murdoch never thought they'd track his car to the second, everything. I just talked about something and they sent me a message. So they're listening all the time. Be careful, folks. They are especially smart devices. Do you have any smart devices in your house? No, not, no, no, Jerry. Absolutely not. Did you just hear what I said? I oh, said, no. I oh, talked yeah. about, I talked about something on a Android Samsung phone and they sent me a commercial like a, it scared me. Like what, what don't they know? They say you can't do certain things if you don't allow notifications for your microphone or your camera. I don't give them any of that information, but evidently I've let this something slip. You let something slip. I have, but I don't know what. 
I don't know. That's a good question. I've got um I've got some stories I'm about to go over that's gonna blow your mind and that you've haven't heard before. These are brand new as of today and they are bizarre. Where are we going, Jerry? Like um America, um Turkey, Syria, where are we going? Australia? Where are you going with these stories? I think I believe all of these are in America. Good. Except for the one, actually, before I let you go, I have to ask you about this. I know you're in Australia and not in the UK, but they, um, uh, what was that lady's name? You know, the lady that went missing in the UK, uh, Nicole Bully. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Have you heard any more about her today? I heard that they found her body. Yeah. Um, in a river. Yeah, I didn't hear where yet. Was it in a river? Yeah, there was somewhere, something I picked up on, scooting through all this stuff. Um, they, She was missing. It's, it's, it, Whatever you've got is new, because I haven't got the full story. But I think they found her body or something. And the police said we've give up on, we're giving up, not giving up on it, but if the public don't help on this, we're going to lose this story and this is going to be a nothing story. And then next thing from what you're saying is they found something. I heard that they've, the, I heard that the family, the friends said that the body was found, but it hasn't officially been released yet. And we don't know if it was murder. We don't know if it was somebody who unalived themselves. We don't know, but now that I'm looking back on it, it almost looks like the police were thinking that she might have done it to herself, and that's the why the reason they were acting the way they were. You must be more ahead of it than I am, because are you talking um, to the autopsy, or what are you talking, Jerry? I'm talking about signs of, I'm talking about the signs of someone actually being taken, abducted, and signs of murder. And they didn't have any of that. And the way That's the pl- police were so casual about it. And people were saying it almost almost had me convinced that she just left herself. She left. You know, she planned it. Whatever happened to her was on her plan and that she just left and she was somewhere. But then we find out that, no, her lifeless body has been discovered. And I'm just wondering if that means that maybe she did it to herself. But I don't know. We don't have any information yet. But we what, and that's very telling too, because they're not saying like, "Oh, we're looking for who did this." You know, it's just kind of under wraps right now, and we should find out within the next twenty four hours. Yeah, that that's a good story, um, because I'm on the edge of my, not you know, blowing my nails on this one because it was going nowhere. The police put out a bulletin saying if we don't you know, get on this. And next thing, there was a, yeah, a body found. So I'm, I'm still looking into that, seeing what I can find on that. But Grant, I appreciate your call, and I got other people calling in. They want to try to win a hat. Um, Thanks, uh, and, and Thank you. And by the way, you, you, 
I need you to know that the people in the yeah. chat room, everybody loves it when you call, so that's not a problem. Did you do that thing I said, don't talk about putting me in Discord? <laughs> Discord? Don't talk about putting you in there. What do you mean? You're not talking about it? No. Good. Thank you. I'll look at the end of the show. Thanks, Jared. All right. See you, mate. See you, Fruit Loops. All right. Somebody called three times and didn't get through. I'm going to call them right now. I'm going to go through this story. Hello. Hey, this is the Midnight Caller line. This is Jerry speaking. Who am I speaking with? BJ. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm calling from Indiana. I see that you tried to call a few times. and. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of say something about Kopaka, Coburg, and Enon. I did a little bit of digging on Enon and come to find out he actually moved to California. I'm thinking maybe Brian might have decided he might like snitch on him because he asked if anybody else got arrested. And once I started digging, I found <clears throat> that Enon was um, one of the the stops that was actually on the route after the murders was Enon's family home in Pullman. It's on uh, Johnson Road. Um, so that was like around five, four, between four and five thirty. Uh-huh. He actually, it actually pinged at his home in Johnson, on Johnson Road in Pullman, Washington, which makes me believe that he had. He was involved. I think they were all plotting together, and I believe Enon probably uh, gave him the drugs, gave him the, the energy to do this stuff. <clears throat> and I think him and Kopaka ended up doing it together. And I think that's why Kopaka went out, like in a blaze of glory kind of thing. And then also, I was thinking about. They keep talking about where the knife could be. And I remember Brian had made a mess or a post about hanging from the trees. And I'm like, what if he, like, right outside his bedroom window when he went to his family home, if there was a branch that was not, like, easily seeable? Because there's a lot of burns around the house by the windows. And I'm thinking, well, he wouldn't have it in the house because the police would find it. He wouldn't put it in the yard because they'd find it with the metal detectors. But what if he hung it from the trees? What if he has it hidden in one of the trees right outside his window where the airplane would not actually see him, even though they caught him cleaning his car and all that? But they wouldn't see him reaching out the window and hanging something from a, a branch. You know what I'm saying? You never know. Or did he have a, you know, a, a, a tree house in his backyard or something? that he could access the top of the trees where the police wouldn't think to, you know, look higher than the tree treehouse or something. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of curious about, you know, whether he is or isn't involved. It sounds like I kinda think, yeah, I kind of think they all three might have had something to do with that. Sounds like you're looking forward to Cindy Herring, who's going to be here on the 21st. I don't know who that is. You don't who know is who Cindy Herring is? How long have you no, been listening like, to the show? 
Oh my gosh. I'm, actually, I just started listening to you recently. Somebody had spoke about your, your show and I was like, I got to see it. Okay. So I'll tell it's you just what. Been recent, yep. Two things. First of all, you've got to watch the Cindy Herring episodes we've had. We've had two in the okay. past and she goes over a lot of the same kind of stuff that you're talking about. She's going to go over more here on the 21st. So if you can, you can look on our old shows and, uh, we talk about her in the descriptions below the shows and put links to everything she says. So everything she talks about, you can follow the link and see the evidence on it. Uh, so what do you think about what I've said? I don't know. My mind is still open about it. I've, I'm still, here's what I think, uh, is what you said about the trees. I'm thinking about that. You know, I think that's interesting and I don't, I think you're right. I don't know if necessarily the police would look on the tree branches. I don't know. I was searching my memory to think are the tree branches something they would check or what if there was a hole in a tree? You know, it's all speculation. Yeah. Maybe there's like a hole in the tree that happens sometimes. Maybe if they stuck it in there. And those ferns grow. I mean, my mom's got ferns outside of her garage that are 35, 40 feet in the air. Huge. They just keep growing. So there, it looks like there's one on all four sides of the house. I don't know where his room was situated, uh, you know, in the home at all. But if, I mean, I'm assuming he had a, a bedroom window. And it looked like there was, you know, all the way around the house, there was ferns. So, like in each corner. So, uh, let's assume... I don't know. It's just a speculation right now, but let's assume that you're absolutely correct about, you know, this whole line of thinking is absolutely correct. And that would mean, and tell me if I'm wrong, that, that Anon would be the next to die. I think that's why he took off to California. Okay. But they would still probably get him. But I think he would go down in glory. Like, cause I don't think he's going to want to go back to jail. Even he, uh, even though he only done a year uh, with all those charges, burglary and all the drugs. And he obviously has been doing it. it I don't know if you read the whole post. It was ridiculously long. But an, another uh, uh, subreddit was, was read it all. And it was like, oh, my gosh. He just talked about all the things he did and all the bad, all the drugs he did and how he'd take drugs and had put cocaine and pills. Uh, capsules they take after he started coming down and stuff so he was able to get through his whole shift without you know coming down and behind the whole time and I was like well he probably supplied the drugs that Brian was getting that would explain why there was at least one person that kept driving kind of up and down the street didn't really know where to go and then they screeched the tires to leave and he wanted them either Papa Rogers or one of the ones that everybody thought was uh, BK on the uh, Reddit post where he was saying, well, in my opinion, or I believe or whatever. And they, he said something about they screeched tires and left tire marks in front of the house trying to get out of there and ran over a, a, the uh, concrete um, of like a little, the stump that runs on the side of the street. He actually ran over that, and he said that before that ever was talked about. He made a post about it on so, Reddit. So one of the things we were talking about when we started the show was if Brian Colberger is found guilty by jury of his peers, 
Do you think you should get the death penalty? Yep. You do. Okay. And the other thing I want to know from you is since you called in, you have a second chance to win a hat. You want to choose a number between one and 200 to enter for me? Sure. One, one, one. Okay. All right. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it very much. On the 22nd, uh, 21st, you're going to want to tune in to check out Cindy Herring. If you, go, if you go to our video section and you could probably type her name, Cindy Herring, and mm-hmm. you can probably pull up the last two episodes. You might want to check those out too. All right. Well, I'm uh, hoping to hear what other people might think about my theories as well. All so right. it, it'll be interesting, I think. I think so too. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you for calling. You have a great hike. Thank you. I'd like to thank her for calling. I appreciate that very much. And uh, Grant, that was a great call from him. I love to hear from Grant. Grant helps me get my uh, stuff in order. I'm going to show this to you guys real quick. I'm going to mute the... I'm going to go back over this. Kill the voice line just for a little bit. I have it to where you guys can leave messages now. I want Susan A to call in with her donut story. She has something horrific happened to her at Dunkin' Donuts. You guys voted on it for her to call in and leave a voicemail message. Just straight, you know, tell the story of the don- what happened at the donuts as it, as, as it happened. And you guys are going to want to hear this. So I'm leaving that open for Susan. I got a couple of stories that are right here. And I'll tell you what, I'll do this for Susan, okay? Just for Susan, only for Susan, because you guys are going to want to hear this donut story. So Susan calls in, leaves, leaves a message about what happened to her at Dunkin' Donuts and how disturbing it was to her, and she can pick a number between 1 and 200, and I'll let her enter in through the voicemail line to win a hat. And I even let her give it away to somebody, because that's what she's always wanted to do. And if she wins, instead of the other callers, and now there's a one in four chance of her winning if she does this, then she could give the hat away to whoever she wants of her choice. And I'll ship it to whoever she wants or to her if she wins. Again, the line, the voicemail line is there for Susan to leave a message about her donut story. It's a real story, guys. And I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't worth it. Yes, the one about the manager, that's the one I'm talking about. Okay. All right, now I got a couple more stories. All right, got a couple more stories I'm going to go into. Then I'm going to check for that voicemail and find out what her number is. All right. I had one native family. Tonight, our Facing Race team takes us inside one Native family's nightmare when their son disappeared. They say that police would not take a report. P.J. Randawa shares never-before-seen video that shows how the family's own investigation led them to their son's body and face-to-face with his killers. And a note for our audience, this story does include details that are disturbing, and we include them because they are central to the family's story, but we want you to watch with caution. I need the police here right now at Lake Isabella. They're taking us to Derek's body. I'm really scared. A family's plea for help. 
Now, get cops out here. Now, please, now, before somebody's killed again. Help that would come too late. God damn it! Those who knew and loved 27-year-old Derek Wiley are still stunned at his brutal murder. He was just a funny kid. Derek's foster mom, May Lynn, raised Derek and his brother Taylor. He's the only one of my kids that ever asked me to be his mom. And I still remember the look on his face when he asked me to be his mom. And I touched his cheek. I said, yeah, let's work on that. Derek struggled with addiction and was no stranger to local police. He would routinely disappear at times, but when his family hadn't heard from him in weeks, they decided to go to police and file a missing persons report. Police initially did not take the report, saying there wasn't enough information and Derek was an adult. But I wasn't surprised by it because I know it's a systemic issue for our people. Statistics show Native men make up 75% of all Indigenous homicide victims. Our men, they're missing a murder too. It seems like they keep being just left out of the conversation. They're always talked about in the deficit. It's also asking, well, were they drinking? Are they an alcoholic? Are they a drug user? Abigail Echohawk is with the Washington State Task Force for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and People. It is a common story for police departments to not take the missing persons reports of Native people. That's why our people have become experts at finding our own. With no police support, that's exactly what Derek's family did. They launched their own search. This is the house right here. His brother Taylor started by tracking down the last people who saw Derek before he disappeared. What about you, man? You all right? Get up. I'm straight. His cousins, Jordan and Jero Affo. My name is Jero Affo. Seen here on police body camera video during an unrelated disturbance call weeks prior. Everything just happened so fast. Taylor went to their home, hoping to find clues on where his brother was. Maybe they knew something important. Instead, he says he got a confession about the worst possible outcome. I just asked him, I was like, you know, where do you want me to go? I was like, where is he? And then he gripped my hand and he said, uh, he said, I killed, I killed Derek. I killed him. And as my, you know, everything just kind of went numb. Shaken, Taylor went to the Shelton Police Department for help, where he gave them this statement detailing Jero's confession. He's like, I just choked him. I just, I said, he's for sure not alive. No, he's not alive, man. He's not alive. I, I, I know he's not alive. I'm sitting here looking at the eyes of somebody who just took my brother's life, you know? Derek's family say they begged Sheldon Petey for help in recovering his body and arresting his confessed killer. But that help was slow to come. Sheldon police say it's because the crime scene wasn't in their jurisdiction. Once we got that information that they were going there, we reached out to Mason County Sheriff's Office and said, hey, this is the information that we have. We immediately notified them. Um, but it's their jurisdiction. On their own again, the family continued their search to find their brother by convincing Jordan Affo to drive them to Derek. Jordan took the family to Lake Isabella State Park. That's one thing I wanted to note here and where I live and where actually where I grew up, spent some time at, at when I was a junior, a junior high. In high school, next to an Indian reservation, yeah, the police don't have jurisdiction over tribal land. They don't. So, and they just mentioned that, so. Park. Jordan gets out and he had his head down and I was like, Look. I think saying, saying this is a racism issue from that angle is a reach. But saying that there's issues or disparities 
disparities in the way indigenous people have access to to uh, law enforcement. Now that's something else too. Let's go. Let's go find him. Where he led them to Derek's dismembered remains. How could you do this? What is wrong with you? Taylor's grief at this moment is captured on audio recorded by the family. I can't believe this. I know this stuff. I can't see Derek, man. That's why I said we should win for the cop. Put your damn. The family's cries reflect a sobering, sad reality for many indigenous families. I know that that is pain and that has been amplified as a result of the lack of resources, of the way that her family was dismissed, of the way that she has continued to struggle to get justice for her son. We tried to get somebody to come out here with us. I wish you guys would have waited for law enforcement to get there before we did this. But then it might not have happened got five officers and one canine that'll be us tracking roughly two hours after Jero's confession uh, i can't see the body he's somewhere underneath these logs they hit him in the little like a uh, water area yeah like someone's saying in there in chat i don't think they can in florida either but they have their own police now what kind of police they have you know if the police that they have on the tribal lands are good enough to or have enough funding to do the jobs that they need done. That's another story. Body camera video shows police finally arriving. Well, we're not really looking or waiting for the crime lab to get here, but he's in pieces out here. Jordan and Jero Afo were arrested that night. Because she's praying up and he's praying down, right? These days, Malin's grief has a physical form. Morning prayers for our missing and murdered is one of the stone sculptures that we just had installed. Stone carvings she created while grieving Derek now occupy a very public space in downtown Seattle. You know, that rock was born like, I don't know, 15 million years ago. And that rock knew that my son was going to be murdered. And it knew it was going to be part of my healing process. And it knew it was going to be a voice for our people. Spin it this way. I want the woman's face facing me. Her voice is now a part of the state task force for missing and murdered indigenous women and people. That way the thunderbird goes through the trees. Pushing for more police accountability so no other family has to suffer like hers. And it's going to take the people to uphold justice. The people to say, no, we want accountability and we want it now. For Facing Race, I'm PJ Randawa. The Washington State Patrol's missing and unidentified persons. Missing and unidentified persons unit 24 7 call 1 800 543 5678. Email mupu at That is for Washington. This is just one of the crazy stories I've got. I've got more. I found this interesting. There's going to be a copious amount of show notes in the description below the video that you are now viewing. Here's another story. All these, I'm talking to Grant, all these occurred in the USA. Woman pleads guilty to best friend after 9 million offer from man who catfished her online. She pleads guilty to killing her best friend. Here's a story right now. This took place in Alaska. Have you heard of this? 
An Alaskan teen has been accused of murdering her best friend as part of an alleged plot where she was offered $9 million for footage of her committing murder. In a statement, the Anchorage District Attorney's Office said 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman was killed on June 2nd from a gunshot wound. 18-year-old Denali Bremer was arrested and charged with murdering Hoffman, who considered each other to be best friends, according to documents seen by NBC News. Darren Schillmiller was also arrested for his role in the plot, as the District Attorney's Office says the 21 one-year-old from Indiana used the fake online persona of Tyler, a millionaire from Kansas who told Bremer he would pay money for the, quote, rape and murder of someone in Alaska, according to court documents. Schillmiller allegedly offered Bremer nine, told Bremer he would rewind persona a of- Hold on. I missed something. role in the plot as the district attorney's office says the 21 year old from indiana used the fake online persona of tyler a millionaire from kansas who told bremer he would pay money for the quote rape and murder of someone in alaska according to court documents shill miller allegedly offered bremer nine million dollars for photos and or video of a murder authorities say as the planning progressed over three weeks bremer involved four other teenage friends in the plot for quote substantial shares of money court documents show that hoffman was deceived into thinking she was going on a hike with the group in Thunderbird Falls near Anchorage when authorities say duct tape was used to bind her hands, feet, and mouth wow. before she was fatally shot in the back of the head Horrible and dumped story. into the river. Officials say that Bremer provided Schillmiller with Snapchat videos and photos while the crime was being committed. Police wow. say that after examining Hoffman's body, there was no evidence of her being sexually assaulted. When questioned by police, Bremer reportedly admitted to the pay-for-murder scheme. Schillmiller became involved in the case when police discovered text messages on Bremer's phone that were sent to the Indiana man, which authorities say show her sexually assaulting minors following the murder, allegedly having been blackmailed into doing so by Shill Miller. According to the Alaska Department of Law, Bremer and Shill Miller were indicted by a grand jury on June 14th for first-degree murder, among other charges, along with the other four teens believed to be involved. Both Bremer and Shill Miller face an additional These count of teens. solicitation to commit a murder, as well as five federal counts related to child pornography, according to Kate chilling story chilling story two teens friends kill their friend for someone who is a 21 year old pervert from indiana saying he was a millionaire he says gonna give him nine million dollars to commit a murder and to sexually abuse a corpse can you believe it and I haven't heard this reported. Horrible story. Every time I go over these, I wonder what kind of world do we live in? There's a... I got more stories for you. All right, here we go. For those of you that don't know, Raquel Welch died a few days ago. Also, Richard Belzer, he died today. He was a regular on um, Law & Order. He was a regular on Law & Order. He started his career as a stand-up comedian, and he also wrote for The David Letterman Show. 
So there's a New Jersey gunman. New, New Jersey man shoots dead wife and two kids before killing himself. This is from today, about 5 p.m. is when I got this. A New Jersey electrician is suspected of fatally shooting his beautician wife and their two kids. Sunday morning, before turning the gun on himself, cops and neighbors say authorities have not released the identities or ages of the victims in the apparent slay suicide in Linden and Union County. One of the children, the couple's son, initially survived the shooting that killed his mom and sister. But the boy died hours later at University Hospital in Newark. Linden police said in a statement, a neighbor told the outlet she was home with her sister-in-law when the relative heard a child screaming. She heard someone was screaming, but she was thinking somebody was playing with a dog and then no more. There's no th- threat to the public, said the spokesman. After the slings, neighbors told TV Alice the father worked as an electrician while his wife was a beautician. The couple who moved into the home in 2007 were friendly and walked their dog around the neighborhood, the resident said. Never had any problems, any fights, nothing. Very nice people. Whatever you needed. If you needed help, they helped us. But a female resident who spoke on condition of anonymity, of being anonymous, told ABC that the dad would sometimes shoot his guns in the backyard leading to police visits. That's a big no-no. If I did that, they'd haul my butt away. The mayor wrote in a Facebook post this morning, Lyndon suffered another tragedy. There simply are no words to describe the trauma, heartbreak, and sorrow that we are all experiencing. You can't trust anyone. I can't believe the reports I'm getting of these fathers and mothers killing their children. Do we really know our neighbors? I just watched a documentary about the Chris Watts case. And I heard about it before, but just that somebody, their whole life, they lived their whole lives, and all of a sudden, one day, it was just enough, and they, they say, oh, I'm going to become a murderer today. Today's the day. I'm going to murder. I've had enough. I'm going to end my life by ending the lives of other people. South Carolina mother shot to death in front of young children in Kroger parking lot. Alexandra Boris, 26, reportedly shot in back by a woman she did not know after an argument in the parking lot. She was shot and killed in the parking lot on an alt- after an altercation on Valentine's Day. Tyler Boris, 26-year-old, uh, Alexander Voorhees, said that his wife was loading groceries into her car at the Kroger in South Carolina, when she got into an argument with a woman she didn't know. After the argument was over, the stranger later identified by her husband as a 23-year-old Christina Harrison allegedly pulled out a gun and shot Boris in the back. The couple's children, a 2-year-old infant, were in the car when she was shot. The police said the incident took place around 4 p.m. On Tuesday, officers arrived at the scene shortly after... She was pronounced dead. After talking with witnesses and viewing surveillance footage, investigators learned that the two women did not know each other and were involved in a verbal altercation before the shooting. It's unclear what led up to the argument. 
We don't know what it is. Unfortunately, there's a situation where tempers flared and someone let anger get the best of them. One rash decision has impacted the lives of two families and countless others who witnessed the tragic event. Since this is only one word I can think of to describe what happened today. The perpetrator, Harrison, initially fled from the parking lot but called to turn herself in around 5.30 p.m. She was booked into the Lexington County Detention Center Tuesday night. Jail records show Harrison is charged with murder, unlawfully carrying a pistol, and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. So if you guys want to comment right now on the death penalty that we've been talking about, if you want to comment on any of the other stories that we've gone over today, you can leave a message and do that right now if you're too shy to talk. And we're all excited to hear about Susan's story, her donut story. But we got a couple more CAS's crazy ass stories to go over tonight. Man attempts to light woman on fire, but he sets his own trailer on fire instead. New tonight, a criminal investigation is underway in Middletown after police say a man tried to light a woman and his trailer on fire. Now, the fire is impacting multiple homes and families along Washington Street. Channel 3's Hector Molina joins us live with a look at the damage and reaction. Hector. Well, Brian, Middletown police say that 55-year-old Eugene Bordeaux poured gasoline on a woman inside his home before setting his Lordy. own trailer on fire. Now, that woman was able to escape be some before right there. the fire started, so she wasn't physically hurt. Oh, man. Now, police tell us Down that the this arson part. was the result of a domestic disturbance that took place around 10.30 last well, night. Doing the dishes. Now, taking a look at the damage, you can see that the fire spread completely knocked one trailer to rubble and spread to the next store home as well. Oh, However, okay. when police arrived last night, the trailer and surrounding area was still intact. Officers kept their distance in case Bordeaux was armed. They contacted him, but they say they contacted him, but he refused to come out. Once negotiations were unsuccessful, that's when Bordeaux lit his trailer on fire. Again, police say the woman that was in the trailer was able to escape the home and was evaluated, but refused any medical treatment. Police also tell us Bordeaux's actions led to the destruction of his trailer, the adjacent trailer, and two nearby cars. Now you're looking at photos of flames that were taken last night by a couple who lives in the trailer next door. Oh, those poor people. spoke exclusively with Channel 3 this morning in a very emotional interview. She says her in-laws lost everything. Their entire lives, everything. Um, their kids' baby pictures. You got to feel for the neighbors in this story. So it was apparently the poor people, the two people that started the fire in their trailer, it spread the, ta- the trailer next door, and those people lost everything. All their clothes, they had, they had no clothes. They weren't given time when they had to evacuate. They just had to get out. And uh, so they had nothing. Mm-hmm. And now they have nothing to go back to. Police tell us Bordeaux did have burns and is being treated at Bridgeport Hospital. Now, there is a GoFundMe to help those next-door neighbors who completely lost everything, as you heard in that interview. Now, this is an open investigation, and anyone with information is asked to call Middletown Police. We're live in Middletown tonight. Hector Molina, Channel 3, Eyewitness News. Well, I'm live in Texas, Hector, and we're going to the next story. 
Crazy stuff going on. This is brand new today, people. Crazy ass stories here on Midnight Radio. Thank you guys for being here with me as I go through this. I don't think I could have been alone. And we're not done yet. Sheriff, two children escape after three teens and a man killed an apparent murder-suicide. The two children escaped in this story. Thank goodness. Oh, they want to tell me all about it. Well, we'll take that, won't we? A San Antonio police officer is nursing a knee injury after chasing down two people who tried to run from a stolen car. The foot chase... That is the wrong story. Three teenage girls and one man were shot and killed in a, an apparent murder-suicide at a home in Glenna Park, according to Harris County Sheriff. It happened around 9 p.m. on the 2000 block of 2nd Street. They like to tell you where they live in, in the Texas newspapers. Sheriff Ed Gazal said deputies responded to the scene after receiving a call from a 12-year-old girl who said she escaped with her one-year-old niece to a neighbor's home. The girl told officials that a man sexually assaulted her and that he shot other people inside the home. Upon arrival, officials found three teenage girls, 13, 14, and 19, dead. A 38-year-old man believed to be the boyfriend of two of the teen's mothers who was also found dead in the master bedroom with an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. One of the teenage girls, 19, was believed to be pregnant. Sheriff Gonzalez told KPRC that the man had gotten into an argument with the teens moments before fatally shooting them. Gonzalez also said after killing the girls, he sexually assaulted the 12-year-old girl inside the home before allowing her to run away without any clothes. The 12-year-old girl was treated at a hospital and is expected to be okay. Investigators believe the man was possibly jealous after someone reportedly said hello to his girlfriend. She was not home at the time of the shootings. Uh, Sheriff Gonzalez issued a statement to ABC 13 on the tragic event. It's such a tragic situation. It makes no sense. It's all senseless and it's very tragic, Gonzalez said. But our investigators will try to put all the pieces together and our condolences go out to the victims' families and everyone impacted by this and the entire city as well. Horrible stories, guys. Horrible stories. Crazy-ass stories. Got a news flash about Jimmy Carter for some reason. I know he's in hospice right now. Tension, 53-year-old Francisco Manic. You guys hear about that explosion in San Francisco? I'm going to go over that in a minute. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to Susan's voicemail. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Are you ready? Oh, here it goes. Uh, hey, this is Susan. I'm calling to tell my um, horrific Dunkin' Donuts story. I don't know if you're all still on the air or not. Um, so what happened was I went to Dunkin' Donuts and ordered my normal order. And, I mean, you guys, this is thrilling it's it's thrilling 
Um, it's it's just it's freaking riveting. I I did my pre order, and they didn't have. She did her pre order for her donut. What I wanted. They did not have the donut that she wanted. And the manager came up. And then the manager came up to assist her. And man, his, he had some like bushy eyebrows. He had bushy eyebrows. See, it's a lot more exciting if you have a narrator. That's how I knew he was the manager. And, um, and he said, Susan. He said, Susan. Just effing pick a flavor. Just effing pick a flavor. And so I did. And she did. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you what flavor because then it'll always be popular and it'll always be out because that flavor is very popular. In any case, uh, that is the riveting. It was riveting and she picked. Banana cream pie flavor. Most interesting Dunkin' Donuts donut story that has ever been told, apparently. So Dunkin' Donuts wronged her. Oh, I don't know what number, but I'm going to let someone else pick a number between 1 and 200. What is it? What's the number? 169. 169 is the number. 169 is the magic number. And what Susan didn't know I was going to do with that number is if she wins. And I'm writing it down. 169, Susan. I want to do a separate drawing just for the phone calls. I will send it to that Dunkin' Donuts manager. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Susan. The most exciting Dunkin' Donut story in the world. But is it as exciting as this dude blowing up his house? Francisco man accused of operating a home drug lab that sparked a deadly explosion will be released from jail and placed on restrictive home detention. 53-year-old Darren Price faces several charges, including involuntary manslaughter and drug manufacturing. His wife died in last week's blaze, or blast, I should say, in the Outer Sunset District. ABC 7 News reporter Suzanne Fawn joins us live from the newsroom with more on the judge's decision, which caught some by surprise. Suzanne? Suspect Darren Price was supposed to answer to charges today. That court proceeding was delayed again. Instead, the judge granted Price a supervised release, saying that Price does not pose an immediate threat to the community. On this Friday, the judge allowed cameras to show suspect Darren Price in court. The prosecutor says he ran a butane hash oil lab in the basement of his home in the outer sunset. They also say the clothes dryer sparked butane vapors and a fireball erupted from the front of the home. In court today, Price appeared distraught. Price looked down a lot. He wiped his eyes. You could hear him sniffling, even sobbing at times. 
Today, the deputy public defender explained that Price is upset about losing the love of his life in the home explosion. Price worked as a contractor flipping houses and met his wife, a kitchen designer. They'd been married for eight years. Price wasn't the biological dad, but he cared for Rita's three children and even became a round-the-clock caretaker after Rita's paralyzing stroke eight years ago. After the defense's argument, the It was a very nice house in a very expensive district. I mean, apparently he was just doing what he needed to do. Judge ruled that Price could be released on restrictive house detention. There was not evidence that Mr. Price would be a substantial danger and would... Are you kidding me? He's a freaking drug dealer. Is this because he's white? Seriously. You're a damn drug dealer. You know, forget about he blew up his house and killed his wife. He's manufacturing drugs. In the process of manufacturing drugs, he kills his wife, and he's just on house arrest. And what are you going to... Is it for the dumpster that's still standing in the back? No, in the story, they say they make him live in an apartment somewhere. But can you believe this crap? You want to talk about racists? I don't see the story as being racist in the story about the Native Americans. I see it as racist in this guy getting to walk in San Francisco. What the hell? Cause great bodily injury to someone if released. Mr. Price at best acted with negligence. He was manufacturing illegal drugs. That doesn't hurt somebody. They are not alleging that he acted with intentional. He didn't drop a damn box of Girl Scout cookies on her. What the hell? Harm or with an intent to do harm. The judge says the conditions for Price's release are strict. Law enforcement can search Price, his car, electronic devices, and residence at any time. Deputies will monitor Price's home detention. Price will be able to see and talk to his teenage kids, but not about legal matters. The kids were not home during the explosion. We are very relieved that Mr. Price is going to be released. We are relieved that he will be physically out of custody, that he can start participating in the arrangement for the funeral for Miss Price and also be connected with his children and support them at this time. And several San Francisco firefighters attended today's proceedings. They did not want to comment. Price will be back in court next Friday. No word yet when he'll be released. Oh, crazy story, guys. Crazy story. I think that was crazy. So... There's a bit of controversy in the chat room right now, and I'll break it down to you here. I'm going to have to have you help me. I'm going to hoist up my problem on the pole right here. Question. Susan said she did not want the hat. She picked a number 169. Should. Should Susan's hat, if she wins, go to the Duncan manager... No, the manager. Or her wonderful husband. And if it's going, and if it's going to the uh, Dunkin' Donuts manager, we're going to put something extra on it, like put a little quote on the back: "Pick an effing donut, Susan." We 
We're going to have a midnight radio hat, and it's going to be on the hat. It's going to say, pick an effing donut, Susan, so he knows where it came from. <laughs> we go over this next story right here. I've got a few left. We're whittling them down, I think. Hold on. I had one about a new drug that turns people into zombies, and I can't find it. That's crazy. All right, you guys are in the chat room. Um, How long is this show anyway? It feels like I'm on my third hour now. Probably am. Okay, I'm going to try to find this drug story real quick. I don't know what happened to it. It fell off. You guys are still watching this. You're having a marathon right now. Here we go, here we go. This is crazy. If you've ever wondered what could make fentanyl, probably the most lethal street drug in modern history, any worse, tonight we have the answer, Trank. Drug users turned into real-life zombies right down to the rotten flesh. We didn't want to believe it either. But it- I'd like to thank uh, Barbara Rock. Yes, yeah, she sent me this, and I, I got it the last minute. I'm like, holy moly. It is real, and it is here. All documented in this DEA report, the growing threat of xylazine mixing with illicit drugs. Xylazine is an animal tranquilizer. Trank is what you get when you mix it with fentanyl. Lab hits for xylazine are up 112% in the West. Deaths are rising, too, into the triple digits. Xylazine has been confirmed in overdose deaths in Snohomish and King Counties, at least 12 that we know of. And those most familiar with the drug fear, it will get much worse. He didn't have a flesh-eating disorder, he didn't have an abscess, and he doesn't know how his finger went missing. And to me, that is just strange. He said it was just miraculously gone. A narcotic nightmare. One young lady was telling me about it, and uh, she was saying that she used it and then was out and didn't remember anything. Moving like a chameleon through an already dangerous drug supply. That scared her enough to want to go to detox. As if fentanyl wasn't deadly enough, suppliers are mixing in a new ingredient and creating a new drug crisis from the East Coast to Puget Sound. It goes by many names. Fetty powder, Trank dope is the big one. They seem... Everyone seems to kind of know what Trank Dope is. Rochelle Long is a mental health professional embedded with the Marysville Police Department. Just this month, she put out a warning to colleagues and clinics to brace themselves for the full-on arrival of Trank. Trank is short for tranquilizer, in this case, xylazine. It's strong enough for big animals like horses. When it's mixed with fentanyl, it gives users a brand new kind of high. So, like They start dancing. And they, they seem kind of happy and they're just having fun to an immediate like zombie like trance, like staring through you as if like a horror film. What it does to the human body is so terrible it oh, looks like a film effect. No. But in cities on the East show Coast me, show me where Trank first spread, it's all too real. <laughs>
Sarah Laurel is the founder of the Savage oh Sisters my. Outreach Program in Philadelphia. She says Trank is everywhere now. So it took us about two years for it to dominate and take over our supply. Whereas in Boston, for instance, it was almost non-existent in July and August, and it is now in 70% of their supply. Sarah and her team are treating Trank addicts every day. best with bandages, compassion, and Narcan. But while it still remedies fentanyl overdoses, Narcan doesn't block the ill effects of xylazine in the body. It's pretty terrifying, largely because we don't know much about it, and we don't have a reversal drug for it. Um, wow. We have to begin testing why it is causing these wounds at, within humans. For people like Melanie Bettis, the euphoria trait produced almost seemed worth it. She recovered Whoa. from her trank addiction after almost losing her arm. Oh, I never heard that the term violence. I didn't know time. what was happening to me. Um, and I would go to urgent care and stuff like that. And they would, you know, give me an antibiotic or tell me I had MRSA. Um, so it was definitely scary. But then you hit a point where it just becomes normal. And it's just another part of getting high. Because no state is widely testing for trank. Fentanyl users are at risk of getting hooked without even knowing they're taking it. That lack of awareness here is what scares Mike Kersey with Courage to Change, an addiction recovery service in Everett, who started to see the results firsthand. Well, I had heard about it, but only from a couple of addicts. One of them I got into detox and said that they'd been using the Fetty powder, and it was so much stronger than the Perk 30 or the fake Perk pills, the blues that you heard so much about. For now, it's a race against time, with Kersey trying to reach users and get them help before Trank gets to them first. People like Nick Mackey, who just completed a 28-day treatment program. Feels good. Feels really good. I could never imagine, like, they were, they, um, you know, I could have done this for myself. Nick is on his way to transitional housing, where he plans to hang up his certificate of completion and hang on to his sobriety. Taking that first step and, and cleaning yourself up is, is the best thing you can ever do. And, and you can live life. This is a good life to live. Nick has never tried Trank, but he knows enough about fentanyl to understand that anything that makes it more powerful. Then why the hell is he on this? Was he just doing fentanyl? Powerful will make it more deadly. I, I couldn't imagine. That wouldn't be a very good combination. That, I mean, the by itself is going to, it's taking a lot of people out. You mix it with that, it's going to be completely overpowering. I'm worried about it. If there's any good news to report on Trank, it's this. Scientists are working on developing a test strip for xylazine like the ones developed to detect fentanyl. And members of Congress have even floated the idea of making it a controlled substance while still maintaining access to the drug for veterinarians. Crazy story. All these pictures are pretty bad, too. Yeah, I wanted to share that with you guys. There was a drug that was made out of diesel. It's one of the things they used to make it, and it was really big in Russia for, you know, lower class of people because it was so cheap and what it would do is called crocodile because it would make your skin die and look like the skin of a crocodile uh that's the story i covered earlier got a couple more stories here for those of you that haven't i have a link up there that's pinned up in our chat room if you want to enter to win a hat choose a number between one and 200 put the phrase I want the hat. If 
If you don't put the phrase or the number between one and 200, then you won't win. People still doing the poll right now. looks like 24 vote votes, a little bit disappointed, a little bit of low numbers. Uh, who should the hat go to? If Susan wins the hat, the manager or her husband looks like her husband is winning right now. We'll see. Continuing here. Gunman kills six, including wife in Mississippi. Authorities say they have the lone gunman in custody, and he's just been identified. The sheriff's office says the suspect is 52-year-old Richard Crum. He's accused of killing six people in the town of Arkabutla. It's 30 miles south of Memphis. The shooting started around 11 a.m. One of the victims, a woman, was allegedly shot in her home. Her husband was injured, but it's unclear if he was shot. Another victim, a man, was shot inside of a store. Now, right now, it's unknown if the victims knew the suspect. At the time of the shooting, an elementary and a high school in nearby Coldwater went into lockdown. Governor Tate Reeves released a statement on Facebook this evening. He says he will ensure that the full resources of the state are available to law enforcement. And that is all that story. I don't want to talk about the FEMA. FEMA apparently sending a team to East Palestine after toxic train derailment. This is from yesterday. FEMA is now sending a team to East Palestine, Ohio. And this comes more than two weeks after the train derailment threatened the small town. Government Mike, Governor rather Mike DeWine came under criticism for not requesting federal aid sooner. And then his office criticized FEMA over allegations FEMA was not stepping up to help. Meantime, there are... So they're on their way now. Uh, let's go to our next crazy wildlife story. Because we still have a little bit more. Oh, people are saying the manager is 35 to 65. Go ahead and vote now in the chat room. Even if you don't want to chat, just go ahead and vote. Because I'm telling you, I'm going to put something really good on that manager's hat. If you guys vote for it, I'm going to do it. Oh, yes, I am. I don't even know what this one is. I don't want that one. Oh, this one's crazy. All right. Woman, man held woman against her will a year before she escapes. For a year. I heard people screaming, so I looked over and... Escaping with her life after telling police she'd been held against her will for a year. I heard people screaming... So I looked over, and then the lady came running, like, barefoot, and she was like, um, he kidnapped me. So we ran inside, and she locked the door. This is video both outside and inside of The Point, a quaint Conoco station in the heart of the Pine Barrens. Jamie Garthus works there. And then the guy was, like, chasing behind her. Um, As they were running, he was like, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do this. And then she came in and slammed the door. Jamie said it all happened so fast. The woman explained her captor was a man who went by Brett Parker. They'd met at a pilot gas station in New Mexico in February of 2022. He asked her for a ride to Arizona, and the two willingly spent a month together before she says he first tried to choke her. That was in California, and she says it happened on multiple occasions during a trip from the West Coast 
to New Jersey. According to this criminal complaint and affidavit, the man's real name is James Perillo. He did try to like come in the door, but not really like aggressively. I think he knew like his gig was up, you know? And then um, he drove by again on his bicycle. Perillo, according to detectives, choked the woman before she broke his free bicycle. and made her escape on February 7th. I could see, like, the thumbprint, like she had choke marks around her neck. Police say he took the woman's phone and her credit cards. He had her ID and, his and her cards and everything in his wallet, and he kept saying, we never leave each other's side. And threatened he'd kill her and her family if she ever tried to get away. She was so scared, though. Like, that was the saddest like the road part. Trip like, you from could hell. tell, like, she was, like, really terrified. New Jersey State Police made the arrest hours after the woman made it to the gas station. The two had rented a room in this house just a few yards away from the gas station. They had paid up front, according to the owner, and only been there nine days. She went through a lot of terrible things she should have never had to go through. And I just hope she's all right. Not only are New Jersey State Police involved with this kidnapping case, but so is New Jersey's Attorney General due to evidence that suggests Perillo has gone by several aliases in the past and may have done this to other victims. In the meantime, Perillo is charged with first-degree kidnapping as well as criminal restraint and aggravated assault. His next court date is March 29th. I hope I remember to keep looking at these for you guys. Here's one. I'm not. I'm going to go over briefly. U.S. fines food sanitation company 1.5 million for hiring children to clean meatpacking plants. That's right. That's here in the USA, you guys. The Labor Department says at least 102 teens in eight states worked overnight shifts cleaning with caustic chemicals. Put a link to this in the show notes from the old Wall Street Journal. A little bit odd. All right, let's see what else I have. Uh, this is mother of a six-year-old Virginia student charged after a child brings handgun to schools from two days ago. This is new. Police in Norfolk, Virginia, have charged the mother of a six-year-old after the child brought a handgun to school. This is at least the fourth incident of a six-year-old bringing a gun to school this year. This is actually the second one. I have the report tonight. Police say around 3.30 p.m., officers responded to the Little Creek Elementary School following a report. A report of a student having a weapon. When officers arrived, police said a handgun was turned over by school staff. No one was injured. The child's mother, Leta M. Lopez of Norfolk, Norfolk has been charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor and allowing access to a loaded firearm by children. Police said Lopez was released on a criminal summons. CNN has attempted to contact her, but she has no comment. This is the mother that was charged recently with her little uh, five-year-old son bringing a gun to school and shooting the teacher. She was charged for that. It's the second mother's being charged for their children getting access to the firearms. Why? Because they're single parents, that's why. Is it necessarily their fault? It's happening because they're single parents. All right, people, let me see. This is one that's a little bit more upbeat. U.S. Treasure Hunter accuses FBI of covering up discovery of Civil War gold. Dennis Prada used to um, sued to force the FBI to turn over records of excavation in Pennsylvania where an 1863 shipment of gold vanished. This is interesting. Uh, 
A court ordered release of photos, videos, and maps and other documents involving a secretive FBI search for Civil War era gold as a treasure hunter convinced of a cover-up. He sued to force the FBI to turn over the records of his excavation in Dents Run, Pennsylvania, where local lore says an 1863 shipment of gold disappeared on its way to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. The FBI went to Dents Run after sophisticated testing suggested tons of gold might be buried there, but says none was found. Parada believes otherwise. He accuses the FBI of distorting key evidence and improperly withholding records. The FBI defends his handling of the materials. The dispute is playing out in federal court right now where a judge must decide whether the FBI will have to release the records it wants to keep secret. We feel we were double-crossed and lied to, said Prada, co-founder of the treasure hunting outfit Finders Keepers. Solving the mystery is not his only goal. He also hope to earn a finer's fee from the recovery of hundreds of millions of dollars. In other words, this is the man that researched and turned it into the government. Say, hey, I believe I found it. The gold is here. They're like, all right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go down and look for it. And they dug it up, took it, and said, no, we didn't find anything, chump. Prada and his sons spent years looking for the Golden Dents Run, eventually guiding the FBI to remote woodland site 135 miles north, east of Pittsburgh, where they say instruments identified a large quantity of metal. I'm going to put this link in the show notes for you guys to check out. It's very interesting. I don't think we're going to find out about it after this. I believe everything will be sealed. Just saying that's the way our government works because I know. All right. So if Susan wins, her husband gets the hat, according to you guys. No problem. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to see who won the hat. And from what I saw, not many of you entered which is very sad, kind of sad, kind of sad, kind of disappointed. But that's all right. That's all I've got to be disappointed in, that I'm having a pretty okay life. Being disappointed, nobody wants me to give them a hat. Well, fine then. Here we go. So here's our, uh, I'm going to leave this cold burger, uh, this, um, what do you call it? This poll up about the death penalty. Cause I'm going to hear more of that. I'd like you guys to call me and leave messages about that too. So, so far we have 97 votes. That's pretty good. That's a lot more people than wanted a free hat. What the hell? All right. I get over it. 17 of you guys wanted a hat. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. So here are the rules for the hat and you still have a chance right now. All right. You just had to go to this post for uh, the Midnight Radio pre-show that was awesome. It was by DJ Electra. You have to go in the comments section and say, I want the hat, exclamation point, and choose a number between 1 and 200. If you did both of those things, you'll win the hat. If you didn't say, I want the hat, you're not going to win. If you did not put a number, you're not going to win. If you did this in the incorrect spot, if you did it in the chat room, you're not going to win. All right, also, 
we have people, we have one, two, three, three people and a Susan. Who, one, two, three, three people and a Susan. They entered the hat on the phone call. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pull up random number generator. Random number generator. Matt, from one to 200. Let me show you guys so you don't think I'm picking anybody just because I like them. I don't have to do that. I can give anybody a hat anytime I want to for whatever reason. I try to be legitimate here. All right, one to 200. I'm generating it now. Click. First number, 125. And as soon as I click on this and find out, okay, let me, in case you guys did it while I was going around, we got this is 17. Okay, nobody knew. All right, let's look. Three minutes ago, Rock Hound, Oklahoma missed fun. I want the hat 136 from Electra. Again, the number is 125, right? The number is 125. So we got 136, 77, 66, 24, 8. You know, I forgot to say this, but it's not an issue this time. If you've already won a hat before, you can't, you're not eligible to win another hat. All right. That's not an issue here because the people that won hats before don't listen anymore or want another hat. So that's fine. They took their hat and they left. That's fine. We have 63, 87. Oh, 123. Holy moly, backseat gamer. That's pretty dang close. Is that the winner? All right, let me look back. Back, but back. Yep, Electra's 136, so 123 is very much closer to 125. Up, that's it. So the winner is Backseat Gamer. Congratulations. You win. And she was the very first one. You won a hat. You have 24 hours. You guys could have won. You could have called in, too. Well, you tried. You tried. You have 24 hours to contact C-O-N me via for your hat. Congratulations, Backseat Gamer. All righty, then. Go back to the number generator. Regenerator Raider. All right. For the second drawing, for those that called in, we have the following people who entered in for that. We have Cindy, Grant, Susan, and BJ. So here we go. Generating. Number between 1 and 200 is 157. Holy moly, smoky dokey. Out of Cindy, 98, Grant was number six, BJ was 111, and Susan was 169. We have a clear-cut winner here of Susan's husband, everybody. Or, yeah, Susan's husband or the manager, and you guys pick Susan's husband. Well, congratulations and Merry Christmas. 
All right, I'm going to look in the chat room to see if I've missed anything because I usually do, and the chat room always keeps me company and leads me straight. Still in it. Did I have, did I do this right? Let's see which number, hold on. So if the number was, the second one was 157. Yeah, definitely Susan, definitely, definitely Susan won. Grant had 111, but Susan had 169. She's very much closer than Grant. Yeah, okay. Man, here we go. I'd like to thank you for all... I'd like to thank you all for joining me. A lot of gruesome stories. That is for sure. I appreciate our executive producers. If any of you would like to be an executive producer for a donation of $20 or more that goes to our music license, it's very much appreciated, whether it's a cash app, whether it's a super thanks or a super sticker. We appreciate you guys so much. And if you are able to contribute anything because you enjoy the show, if you receive value from this show and the crew we have giving you the show that works behind me and you feel like giving some value back, whatever it is, we appreciate it. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a message. Maybe it's sending me articles to keep the articles flowing here. We appreciate all you guys. This show is a conversation for you. We're going to be back on the 21st. We're going to have a conversation with Cindy Herring, everybody. So, BJ, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're going to want to hear Cindy's last two shows and the one she's going to do for us with us tomorrow, or the 21st, rather. We'll be back on the 21st. Until then, good night, God bless, and all my best. <laughs> <laughs>